This week's a little different because it's Halloween special time, and we have a guest in the studio with us. The studio is Jeff's dining room, beautifully ornate chandelier, dim lighting, making us glow. It's good. Mm-hmm. And we at, we're all here. Mark's out having a cig. Uh, Jeff Brandon's in the house. Hi, guys. Andy, this is all the regs, and Ben Stone, our guest, is here. We clap. Ben Stone. Yay. Yay. Thank ben you Stone. for having me. Um, my car broke down. Well, battery died, but I got here, so it's nice. okay. We well, yeah, it was excited. some car trouble, <laughs> but he's actually here. It's good, and we we're going to talk about John Carpenter because it's Halloween, and he made Halloween. It makes sense. He's still alive. He's still alive, contrary to <laughs> what I think. What I don't, some magazine, Van Gory, I think, printed something that was like, "Rest in peace, John Carpenter." He, he like, and he twittered back. He said, "Despite how it may look, I am actually still alive." <laughs> yeah, that was pretty sweet. <laughs> Okay, Mark's back. Mark Kitchen is back. So, yeah, so Ben Stone makes experimental films and is a guy we know from from middle school mm-hmm. and high school and just all of life. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, and now he's here to talk about John Carpenter with us. So Absolutely. Okay, Ben, we'll start with you. What is your favorite John Carpenter movie? Uh, absolutely, without a doubt, Halloween. Halloween? Um, yeah. Good fucking choice. What I, mm-hmm. like, I'll start by saying, this is how I always, like, preface Halloween when I talk about it with people is that movie crippled my childhood I saw that movie way too early and it just scared the shit out of me um I couldn't even fully watch that film until I remember I was like 14 and I like was off from school and I like watched it like in the afternoon so it's still daytime and like that's how I was able to like mentally process it I was like okay this you know I can get through this film but like was still affected but yeah, that I was absolutely terrified of like that that film. It's uh, other than like um, experimental films, like that film has had the biggest impact on my life just because of the sheer sheer like it terrified me. Nice, it terrified me. Nice. I think that's true. A lot of people like horror movies. You're introduced to something early on that you shouldn't have been. Like for me, it was The Shining. Seeing The Shining like on in my family's house when I was like six. And the twins just got stuck in my head, and that made me uncomfortable until like my twenties. They're, they're pretty creepy. They're really yeah. fucking creepy. There's a lot <laughs> in that movie. There's like a bare blowjob. That's that's the that's the part that I like the most, and the to me the scariest part of that, the, just because it's like the, it's coming out of nowhere. It's, yeah. it's a weird furry thing yeah. happening in a in a weird hotel room. But before it was cool. Before yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't you know obviously later it gets even weirder because you could get all the subtle shit and you figure out. We're supposed to be talking about John Carpenter. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, let's just go through all of our favorite John Carpenter. Zuh. Mark's next. He's looking at me. Um, it's definitely going to be They Live. They Live. That's a great, great He's choice. In- Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. yeah. I'm only here. He was in that? Yeah, what? dude. He was, he was John Nada. <laughs> yes. He's John Nada, bro. There's, John Nada. Yeah. Nothing. The no man. He has nothing. He wants nothing. He just wants to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> and he wants to get what he deserves, and he's supposed to because he's working. And this is America. Guess what? That's not what happened. Because yeah. there's aliens. Do two things. Duke Nukem stuff. 
No. Yeah, yeah. That's close, what he said. Close, but he came in to do two things, Jeff. What were those two things? Don't know. Guess. Kick ass, true bubble gum. That's exactly it. it. You got it. That's it. That's that's exactly right. Okay. <laughs> Let me just check these mics real quick. Speak real hey. loudly. Say your name. Jeff. Jeff. Yeah, it looks like it's working good. Yeah, no, this, is the, this is the good mic. Good <laughs> mic. Okay. The okayish mic. Jeff will go counterclock. Or clock. This is clock to me. The thing. The thing is your favorite. That's also an excellent choice. And we've been that, talking about that it a lot was recently. Also, I found very terrifying. The special effects were just out of this fucking world. And it had doggies in it. I love doggies. Yeah, the doggies are great. Doggies and kitties. Good dialogue and creepy yeah. stuff. And it just looked better than all the previous ones to me. It, it was great room. for the time. Yeah, I did not realize that it was actually that old. I thought it was like the late 80s. The ladies? The ladies, that's right. The ladies. Yo, that's how I'm going to refer to the late 80s from now on. The ladies. <laughs> ladies. ladies. <laughs> yeah, no, it did look, it's just right after Escape from New York, and it looks a little better than yeah. Escape from New York. I don't know if that's just because the smaller sets and everything, it was maybe just easier to light or something, but it just looks amazing. Well, whatever animatronics or weird, yeah, yeah, the, weird oh, yeah. stuff they did for the practical, practical effects, effects will yeah. always be oh, better yeah. always mm-hmm. no matter what because it was physically there even if you're like oh yeah that's you know a fake animatronic like but still it's there cg uh, cgi is so good now that it just looks better than real life i don't you know? know i mean yeah. i wouldn't agree that's always better but there it is there's like a lost art well and then for a while though because then people are like oh we're not going to do animatronics or claymation or anything like stop motion then we're going to do we're going to do cgi but for a long time cgi was fucking stupid right it looks awful you know at this point, though, you, there's things you can do that you can't do with animatronics and stop motion and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely it's, like it's like a lost art. Though, it's com- you know? I, I feel like me personally, I think it'll always stand up because it was actually built in there. So to me, it's kind of like similar to how like you can replicate it if you really try hard. But film, like actual film, will always look better than digital. But kind of to your end, like. At this point, it's not illogical or impractical to use film, but it makes sense that everyone is going like digital video because it's it's, it's going to be ultimately cheaper, really. It, yeah, yeah, it's it's cheaper the processing, but it's easier the, to edit it. Like right, right. But yeah. you can I see what you did immediately. Like the reason I call it lost art is because there's a way of if you like are confined to doing something in a certain way, it's going to look a certain way. Whereas now you you're it's going to look... You're not going to get that anymore. You're kind basically. of choosing to do that lost art? Maybe? Right. Like, you're not going to choose to just make something look animatronic. They're going like, to try to go for hyper-realism. We should yeah. bring back Slurposaurus. Mm-hmm, yeah. Slurposaurus. Yeah, that's probably the roughest of all the practical effects. Actually using an animal and just gluing shit to it. And like, <laughs> that was awful. It was awful. The best, mm-hmm. the best version of that I've seen, though, is the show Dinosaurs. When they had... Mm-hmm. They, w- they would watch wrestling on TV. It would just be like... Two lizards fighting. Oh, no, okay. that, might, that might have been stop motion, but at any rate, it was ridiculous and it was hilarious. Right, it was the but, journey to the center of the earth. Man, that looked bad. Yeah, that was that was really rough and kind of like you felt bad because they're just <laughs> dumping <laughs> fucking hot asphalt on on iguanas. I think. They were. Yep, it was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that was really bad. Uh, but okay. try and make one of those. Can they make one of those films again today? You can't. Like the the. The last time I think that happened was like the. I mean, they've had problems now with like whatever that dog movie was that people were. Oh yeah. yeah. But the worst, I mean, Can- yeah, Cannibal Holocaust yeah. got shit on what? because the. What are you talking? What? 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 What did you just say? The dog. I don't know. I don't know the name of it because it's a movie with a dog in it, so I don't like. Okay. I didn't <laughs> watch it. Like Airbud. 
no, it was like a modern, like, this dog's life or something like that. Nah. It's about the life of a dog, and they're saying they overexerted the dog was the issue. <laughs> but that's what that's where it is now. <laughs> but then you had, like, Cannibal Holocaust in the 80s were like... I, they ate the they, fucking turtle. That's, well, that's the, that's the argument there. Like, well, they did eat it, but... But they did, they did get shit for that in Cannibal Holocaust. That's when that's when a lot of that started. That's one of my favorite horror movies, um, and I completely disagree with like the animal killings. But they do cleave a giant spider in half, which I'm all for because I have a huge arachnophobia. So yeah, fuck the spider. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. I mean, the production of that movie was really cool. It was very like yeah. William Castle. Like they claimed it was real, and like they. They like made the the actors like disappear for a yeah. while, and then there was a court case yeah. where the so actors the had film to was like seized, adding it legit oh, legitimacy cool. to it. Yeah, but yeah. The, the actors had to come to the court case to be like, "Look, not dead." So <laughs> that's really cool. Wait, what movie is this? Campbell Holocaust. Holocaust. Campbell Holocaust. Yeah, it's just yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's just like four people go to make like a like. No, I'm interested in this. It's like one film. of the first like found footage yeah. films. Oh, okay. yeah. Wait, what? What? When? What year? I don't know. I think it was eighty three. Yeah, definitely eighty. That's cool. Gonna be that, really cool. I'm into that now. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> sweet. It's really interesting. It's really interesting how they go to this island and they just fucking shit all over the people there, and just act like complete dickheads. Like they literally like rape people. I mean, there may or may not be some like colonialist like narrative happened. The prop, I'm sure there was, but I haven't seen it in the last. Yeah, I think it has. The reason why I still like it today is maybe I'm being biased, but I think it actually does offer a good social commentary about. Like those things, like civilization and what we consider to be, you know, right. we as humans doing to yeah. other people and stuff. Yeah. So that's like, why I give that movie a pass. Because like, other I know we're getting off on a tangent, but right. like other <laughs> films, like a Serbian film, shit like that pisses me off. Yeah, a Serbian film was just garbage. too like it was just too much. That was I just ultra violence. It was yeah, just for the wait, sake what? of it. That's just Serbian yeah. film. Have you seen that Serbian film? It's just a Serbian film. A Serbian film. Yeah. That's just, that's just, I don't have any creative ideas, so I'm going to try to be the most disgusting film I can <laughs> As be. possible. And some yeah. of, yes, and some of the things they did were just, like, unforgivable. Like, there's, like, a, a scene with, and there's scene with infants, there's scene where kids are put in positions where they really shouldn't be in at all. Right. Like, and it's just, and it, it just gets worse from there, really. <laughs> but, yeah. It's literally, yeah, like, the bottom of trash, garbage cinema that huh. isn't worth anyone's time. In fact, us talking about it is... Yeah, <laughs> now I get more due than it. Now I look for that in movies. Though I look for like, what's the moment where they just went too far on purpose? Like when we saw Hereditary, when they the, the girl gets beheaded. Like I thought that immediately, and then they kind of like they redeemed it by the second half of the movie. But I was initially like, oh, you're just doing that to like get my attention. But the, no, actually there was a, it was actually smart for the story because you find out that the girl was a fucking demon, so she doesn't really need a head. <laughs> She's a demon, okay? She, chop it, chop it off. Get it, get it off there. We don't need it. Okay, so back to John Carpenter. Did you said the thing? Jeff. Mm-hmm. Jeff's favorite is the thing. Absolutely. I feel like we're like I'm just gradually changing my favorite as I listen to you guys' favorite because I have to. It'll be different. Whatever when we get to it, and it'll be by default. But Andy, you're next. You're next. Escape from LA. <laughs> Podcast is over. Sorry. No. No. Okay. That's, all right. Uh, no. Um, Big Trouble in Little China, but something okay. we we're talking about. We we're talking choice. about earlier. We we're talking about so the I, one thing from that from Escape from LA that actually was really cool. The hologram was the hologram fucking watch or whatever. But you, you said know? that that was like original to that, but I feel like that's just the same thing as uh, Star Wars. R two D two is like full of projection thing. I mean, it's different than it's a watch. It's not the same because a human can wear it and then it reflects them. Okay. So yeah, I think that was an original idea from that film that actually is really cool. But that's not my favorite. That's not anyone's. <laughs> no. 
It's like the Dungeons and Dragons spell. It was no, sort of I kind of want to shit on um, Escape from LA a little bit more. So, do you guys remember there was this CGI going back to CGI? Yeah. Like there was a helicopter and there was a mountain. And it right. Just, it just did looked, they CGI the helicopter? Yeah, it was all. Fuck, CGI. I hate that. I, they did that. The day the Earth stood still. It looked, it looked like, get a helicopter. Like I don't understand how how cheap that looked. Um, all right, but, but even the beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms used a real diving bell. You I mean, know? yeah, come on, you can get a fucking helicopter. I remember I saw it in the, the remake of the Day the Earth Stood Still. They now they shittily CGI'd just a, a fucking army like helicopter, yeah. not doing anything interesting, just flying in. Yeah, like you couldn't just get a helicopter. This is a high budget Hollywood movie or a stock anything. Yeah, and then so well that was the era you were saying that was the era where he was making bad like some just bad some bad films. Yeah, and then so that was also the era when everyone was like, oh, we're gonna do CGI, but it looked fucking awful. Yeah, you know, because Toy Story came so out. So like, like oh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park well, did it. Toy Story well, works because well, it's all Jurassic it's all, it's Park used, used a lot of like animatronics. Yeah, that's the thing. They blended it together, so they kind of. They kind of did it the way you should have. Like they did it where it was passable. I mean, I don't remember, it might not. Wait, 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 wait. Name it. Name oh. a scene in Jurassic Park where it was CGI, not animatronics. Um, some of the Velociraptor scenes. In the beginning. Are we talking the, about the first one or the, the first one? The first one. Well, most of the T Rex when they first see it is animatronic, but like when he like yeah, yeah. actually comes out of the uh, the wall, like mm-hmm. he like steps right. out and okay. you see like the that full body. That yeah. was. Also, when they first get to the island, and there's like the scene where they see the two brontosauruses in the distance. Yeah, yeah. that scene. All right, yeah. But then when they get up close to things, oh, they do the that brontosaurus for distance shots, which definitely. makes sense. Like when they were even when they were up they were close to the brontosaurus. I think I'm not sure. I know you're right. <laughs> even <laughs> when they were close <laughs> to the apatosaurus. I just gave a kid. I just gave a little kid shit for yeah. that recently. He's so <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's a brontosaurus. We did a good job. Those were CGI. But yeah, okay. Yeah, like blending the two and making, oh, making no. it work. And then like mm-hmm. the stampede scene. All right. Yeah. 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 I think pretty it's much any time that it was like the full dinosaur for yeah. the most part, they had to. Right. Yeah. All right. But it still looks better than sh- shit. Any th- one of John Carpenter's movies from the early '80s looks oh. better than Sharknado. Well, you yeah. know? I'm not. I've never. Yeah, I've never seen Sharknado. It was like a sci- was it a sci-fi movie? I like the sci-fi so. channel. I, but I mean, it was popular yeah. enough to make like five of them. Yeah, but I think that was like being—they were yeah. being cute. They were like, "It's so bad, it's good." Yeah, that was yeah, that was definitely. I think that definitely was. It looks like it's probably so bad. I've never. I didn't say they were good. Yeah. All right, so Big Trouble in Little China, though. Oh, I love Big Trouble. Oh, awesome, China. you got on. Uh, so much fun. You got the so three. Okay, so there's the three Asian guys with the with the hats and stuff. Oh, oh my god. So I don't guys. know who. What we came up with, uh, me and Mark, I think, uh, we came up with this idea to do like Halloween costume. Like three of us would dress up as them. You remember that? No. The Asian guys with the hats. I remember. You know, having this do you know what I'm talking about? In the I, I at least remember hearing of it after the fact. You don't remember that? Idea. No, I don't remember this at all. Maybe it was me and Rob. Who came I up. think it was you and Rob, and I think I might have been there too. Oh, I remember yeah, yeah. the conversation saying that like we do the costumes of the three guys yeah. with the magic powers. I yeah. don't remember what they're called. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But what what is Kurt Russell's name in a Jack Big Trouble Burton? Jack Burton. That's yeah. right. Is the dog? Wow. Was the pig express? Was his truck? I can't. Pork chop express. Pork chop express, and he yeah. had like a little radio show. He had his own little, little yeah. podcast on the CB. I liked his character. It was he cool. was always fun. He, he always great. has a great character. Yeah, that movie was cool because it like, I mean, that wasn't really campy, but it like skirted this oh. line of. Yeah, no, he used to be able to do that, and he lost that ability at some point. But the balance between camp and yeah, and just fun action. And yeah, it was a, that was a really fun movie. Yeah, because I think what what the difference was then and now, and this is not necessarily Carpenter per- specific, but like 
now it's just kind of like chic and cool to like yeah it's so bad it's good whereas like films like Big Trouble in Little China was like no this is intelligently written the characters are like fun and interesting and you care about them and it's just a fun story so the camp I guess it's like there's like a not a theory but yeah I guess I'll call it a theory that I, I've been like working on where it's like you can make something stupid but intelligently instead of just being like, well, it's just so bad, it's good. It's like, no, that's you just don't know how to write something. Like, yes. um, yeah. Another, like, just real quick side note. Mm-hmm. My favorite comedy film of all time is Wet Hot American Summer. Me, oh, I love it. Oh, my God. That, that, you guys seen this? Wet Hot American Summer is so fucking You know, funny. I actually haven't seen it. But it's it, the best. it does perfectly execute that, like, being campy on purpose yeah, and it's, doing it right. It's so stupid. Like, it's so stupid. Like the show? They yeah, did the make a, they made a show, but now I wasn't a huge fan of the, the show. Yeah, the but, show is... Okay. Uh, but, like, they do a good job. It's the perfect example of, like, the humor of that movie is so basic and so dumb, but you can tell it was written by smart people instead of just, like... Like, it has a lot of, like, like fart jokes or toilet humor, but it's not, like, just... I, I'm trying to, like, figure it out in my head right now, but you can tell that they actually know what they're doing and wrote it well. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, right. yeah. comedy and horror it was, it was is crafty. super hard it was like, to write. It was a stupid it's joke that you took that you put time into. Yeah. No, time. That, is, that is a thing, really, in, in film and in music and stuff, where people are like, well, you're just going to make it really bad. And for some reason, like, you think... And then, I, I don't know, people... Well, here's the thing. If you're going to do that, thinking yeah. it's good or, or yeah. no, I'm going to go yeah. and like view Mumble this rap. or listen to it, you know? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I don't get it, but. I think the problem is, is people are like, we're going to make something bad, so we get a pass. We're not putting the effort exactly. into it. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's but, it. <laughs> but if you want to make something purposefully bad, you have to put just as much effort into it as something that's purposefully good. It's because it's purposeful. Yeah. yeah. But it's self-referencing and it knows it's bad. Like Wet Hot American Summer, which is hilarious, and it's got Michael Ian Black. Yeah. Watch that. And Stella. Oh yeah, it's the Stella is per- perfect. Yeah. It's in my. There's only 20 films that I've seen that I. Who the fuck am I? That I consider perfect, and that is one of the 20. It is hilarious. Um, but yeah, so back to John Carpenter. That was like an example of that where, it's yeah, it's very campy yeah. humor, but it's done with it's done with authenticity. There we go. That's there, good. Yeah. a lot of these films now. There's just fake. They're just like, yeah, I just, I have no ideas. Let's just do something. Right, I have no ideas. I have no talent, and um, but I'm gonna make this thing so I feel important or something. Yeah, you know exactly. Also, there's a degree of, I mean, even if he, even if John Carpenter is referencing all these other movies in his movies, like obviously he remade the thing, but he also he's he they're original at the same time. Like I don't know, I just watched an interview with him and he was saying like how people were making movies like him. Like people are making movies like John Carpenter now. Like, what do you think about that? Isn't that cool? And he was like, he's like, no, that's a terrible idea. Yeah, <laughs> so that's no longevity. Like, why would make something original and then people will be interested in the films you make? Right. Like, but I think all the films he spans all of these different genres within all within genre. So you have like fantasy and horror and sci-fi, but he puts the John Even Carpenter comedy. spin on it the whole every time, and he pays such close attention to everything. But yeah, this is Big Trouble in Little China. That's a campy idea. These are campy thoughts. Like you're just kind of like riffing on kung fu a little bit, maybe. But he does it with such care. It's, yeah. it's it is amazing. Right. It's crafted. It's yeah. It's so and he makes half. He makes most of his own soundtracks too. Yeah. Which are most of fantastic. Them. What are ones that he didn't make his own soundtrack for? Because I, I was thinking about this recently. The thing the was Ennio Morricone. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a, a lot of them. He well, not a lot of them. Some of them he collabed with Alan Howarth or Howarth. I don't know how you pronounce the name. But other than 
those are really the only ones I can. Mm -hmm. There's one other I've just learned about today that, or just I was just watching about today, and he said he didn't do it because it was too too much work. It might have been one of his newer ones though, so maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah, if it's one of his, yeah, (laughs) he got well. He the way he talks about his later films, he talked about how tired he is and how he was like this was too much work and that was too much work. It's like it sounds like you shouldn't just you shouldn't have made this. (laughs) Just just put your name on it and. His Send la- it out there. His Make last some film that he made, or the that ward? he directed, the that's ward. the one I remember. Yeah, that, that was, that was not, oh, that was, I did not think anything of that. That was literally one of the most blandest films I've yeah. ever seen. But I don't fault him. It was he was literally just a hired gun. Yeah, he didn't and I could totally understand him just being like, "Yeah, just give me money." Yeah, like, yeah, like Amber Heard, give me money. Shit. I'll just do put this fucking thing together. It, it was a story that's been done a million times. Yeah. It's like the idea of like it was the it was all in the killer's head, or it was yeah. like sure, the the main character is the killer the whole time. Just that's been done a billion times. Yeah. It's only been done well like twice. Yeah. High tension was a, a version of it. That American I, Psycho. It was American Psycho. Well, it's like but all in his head. Man. At the end. That's the opposite. Sort of. That's kind of a uh, inversion of that, though. What do you mean? Well, but in that movie, instead of him being a killer. It's the opposite. He thinks he's killing all these people, but actually it's just all going on in his head because it's the 80s and he's just, he's, yeah. he's all 80s. But it really, uh, by, <laughs> well, also, you don't really know. I think really it's just like he's fucking crazy and you don't yeah. really know. He's crazy. He's, he's even crazy. at that moment that yeah. he didn't kill anyone. Yeah, but and it, you, don't, you don't know for sure. And I, I remember reading the book and, and I believe the exact same way where I think his lawyer walks up to him. And I think there's, th- there's that there's question of whether he's actually even named Patrick Bateman or... or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. This this is like getting way off topic. But then there's the other. So, but Brett Easton Ellis. I, apparently, it doesn't matter anymore. Brett Easton. I thought it was cool. Brett Easton. Brett Easton Ellis. He has another. This book prior to American Psycho was The Rules of Attraction. They made a bad movie version of it. I like the book. But there's a whole. Oh, this is getting bad. There's a whole part of the book where it's just the the main character and his girlfriend who he's impregnated cruising around the uh, around New York State doing cocaine and staying in motel rooms. Anyway, that's that's Sean Bateman. That's where I was going. He talks about his brother Patrick Bateman. Mm. Talks to Patrick Bateman on the phone. Patrick Bateman is American Psycho. Patrick Bateman. Mm. So there's a cool crossover between those two things. They even did it in the movie, although Christian Bale wasn't in it or anything. I'm gonna jump off topic again here too. <laughs> um, so Kurt Russell, who is a mainstay in all these movies here, apparently, if you listen to my genealogically inclined family members, he's your dad. Yeah. We've got like a yeah, he's my father. Yep. If you look at the no, genealogical no, I knew that. DNA, no, but he's got his DNA. Really? We're like he stole it. We're like seventh cousins or something. We're, we've got a common ancestor, and the common ancestor, at the very least, is like the first American citizen to die in the Revolutionary War. Oh, you guys are cool. That's wow. fucking awesome. <laughs> I've always thought that. Was I see cool. a similarity. You know, the guy that the plays face. the guy that right. voices the fox and fox the and beard. the hound. <laughs> I'm I'm distantly related to. Yeah, but how many other people are also related to him that far back? Everyone at this fucking thousand, seven hundred thousand, several hundred thousand, fucking thousands is the answer. Um, Kurt Russell's but, ancestors did a lot yeah, of fucking. No, I think. the the Russell name. Um, I'd be doing a lot of fucking with Kurt Russell too. He's, he's a handsome mm-hmm. snake, snake blooded man. Especially when he's got his beard in the thing. And he's got oh my god! And he's got the cobra tattoo that I didn't even really notice was supposed to be his dick until we watched it like today. I was like, that's, that's where his dick is. He's like cobra dick cobra is the tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Anyway, 
wonder if he shaved. I just thought about that as everybody was mentioning their favorite movies, and I'm just like, oh, Kurt Russell's in all of these fucking things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, fit, you fitted that in there very nicely. You did. did. I've, been, I've been waiting for like 20 years. I actually <laughs> remembered that. I remember <laughs> you saying that. And if we, ever, if, I, if we ever made a movie as a podcast, we decide, hey, we're a podcast, now we make a movie. I think Mark. No, we get we got Mark. Yeah. He's Kurt Russell. <laughs> Mark, you got yeah, Kurt, contact. Kurt Russell's twelfth cousin. Mark Gibson. Make a movie Every, about Kurt. Everybody has a handsome friend who like is the Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. Like that's Mark. Mark is the is the passable man in the group. He would be the star, and we would all be behind the cameras like lurking. Like yeah, do this, Mark. Do this. <laughs> Not <laughs> good enough. <laughs> Not. Yeah. Which no, he was in all my shit. Do it again. Do it again. That's gonna happen. That's gonna happen tonight. Well, you you. Posted the link yeah, the today videos of, I made of BCC. yeah your videos and, and then they're like, all marked and then the next the one person I knew. the next one started playing <laughs> and then the next one started playing I was like I was in all these fucking movies yep I was this is me like just secretly having a crush on Mark I'm like hello Mark <laughs> Mark you play over. a zombie in this one you this will, one you're not wearing a lot you of clothes you play in. a lady <laughs> in this one <laughs> yeah all of them have him either getting undressed or undressed which just came up I swear to God there wasn't anything there that I wasn't trying to. Never mind. <laughs> All right. Right. It wasn't me directing. Right? Yeah. All right. What's your what's your what's your my favorite? Fa- really, I was gonna say they live because I love they live. I like wrote a you can't, like, you extensive can't, you can't pick I can't pick. Okay, Assault on Precinct Thirteen. <laughs> yes. Which I haven't asked about that. I was gonna see if it's you amazing. Watch that or not. I've never the seen thing it. is so fucking thing amazing. Is, I don't know the name yeah. of the cinematographer that he got for Halloween. They Dean Coonie was it Dean Coonie. He didn't have him for Assault on Precinct Thirteen. It didn't look as no. good, but it was still a cool story. It's a very like it's western. Oh, such a Good movie. So it's very cool. It's just, I have not seen that in yeah. like twenty years. Oh, I haven't I seen it in like five years. I was going to watch it for this, and then I ended up. I've not seen Christine it as and an watching adult. that because I, I hadn't seen Christine since I was like five. So I was like, I should watch that. But as far as I remember, in Assault uh, from Precinct Thirteen, a little girl dies yeah. very early on. How fucking like bad? Yeah. Like, not badass, but like the fucking balls to do that yeah. then and even mm-hmm. today, like. A little girl just getting killed, like, with no fucking But that mercy. was our uh, commentary on, uh, what was it, A Silent Place? We are like, oh, this movie's going to be good because the little girl dies right in the beginning. You know, it's just going to get way worse. What what movie was that? A Silent Place with the, the hunting aliens, the sound aliens. Oh, a silent fuck. What was that called? A silent place? It was called... It, we quiet were, Place. We didn't... Yeah, A Quiet Place. We had a we, lot of, We thought it was shitty. We had a lot of shit to talk about <laughs> like, right, we're doing it all in the theater, like just whispering to each other. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like why wouldn't they figure that out like an hour earlier? It's like you're basically just letting all your kids die. You know that. But yeah, mm. a quiet place is a movie about these aliens that come to Earth and they're sensitive to sounds. So they attack all sounds. In oh, the I, beginning, I, in the, actually, I heard about this recently. Actually, mm-hmm. it was a pretty recent movie. It was like directed by the guy who's like on The Office. Yeah. So naturally, people are going to like Carell? give it. No, 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 no John no. Krasinski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Krasinski. It was directed by oh. him, and he's like a doe-eyed, oh, handsome boy. Okay. So people were like, you know, give him a pass. It but looked I don't neat. Give him a pass. It looked neat. I didn't yeah. like it. Right. It looked neat. It was kind of neat. There were things. Nice. I like oh, this. remember when we were in the theater, Jeff and I, when they put the baby in the little baby the box baby they made? The baby coffin, Jeff and I just cracked up. <laughs> <laughs> made the entire theater very uncomfortable. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. the baby's got to be quiet, but they're yeah, like yeah. drugging the baby yeah, off oh and putting God. it in the it's coffin. It's only a baby oh, abuse that's happening. Injecting it, like tying a fucking strap around its arm and injecting yeah. it with Be quiet, baby. Shit. It's gonna be good, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Just try a little dose of this. 
just Benadryl, <laughs> like what I do. Or I never, no, never. <laughs> never mind. Forget it. Forget I said anything. Every parent does that. We really gotta change the subject. <laughs> okay. Somebody, somebody, please say something. And Kurt Russell. Kurt, Kurt Russell. <laughs> he turned out good. <laughs> I bet they Benadryl him. Oh yeah. Definitely. I mean, he would have been having a submachine gun right at birth, you know. Oh, yeah. He's probably birthed with those. Mm-hmm. He is, he's just a very masculine, powerful power man. So the first one he would have done with John Carpenter would have been what? The Escape from New York, maybe? Uh, the thing was 82. Escape from New York's 81, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 80, yeah, I think it was Escape from New York. He also did, he was like Elvis. Yeah, that, that, that was Elvis it. Movie. That that's, might have been the That's first. among some of the ones I haven't, I haven't seen like his TV. Um, yeah, Elvis, Elvis is 79, so. so yeah, yeah, that, that must have been, been it. Have you seen Elvis? I have not seen That just that. didn't really seem, that seemed like, a, like one of the movies, maybe like The Ward, where he just got brought in. Yeah. He did it's, Starman. Oh, oh, no, that was Starman. Jeff Daniels. That was, no, Starman's in it. Uh, Not Jeff Daniels, uh, Jeff you know, Bridges. Jeff, Br- Jeff Bridges yeah, is really? in Starman. That's another one where it seemed like maybe that's something it, I wouldn't be into, so I didn't watch it. Yeah, How was it's, that? it's not bad. It's more of kind of like a family sci-fi. Yeah. Like, it's... I forgot what I rated it, but it's it's not bad. It's not really great. It's not great, but yeah, it just... Yeah, I'm, I like, a, I like a, a grittier John Carpenter yeah. movie, so it just didn't seem like it was going to be on par with, like, Assault on Precinct 13, like, killing little girls and yeah. stuff. Yeah, Carpenter, I mean, Starman falls into this era, so I'll still include it, but, yeah, Carpenter from 73, because Assault was on in 74, from, like, 73, so I think Dark Star is still included in there. Right. From 73 to about Assault 90... Assault 76. 76, okay. Uh, from 73 to about 94, but right before he did Village of the Damned, I would say mm-hmm. that's where... That's he's top of his game. Yeah, like even the lesser ones, like Starman, Prince of Prince of Darkness. That was a lesser one. It was still enjoyable to watch. That's a lesser one, but I feel like it hit. It didn't. It it was still good, but it didn't hit on the on the campy balance as well as the other ones did. Like there were certain scenes where I was like, he doesn't need to do this. What? Yeah. What I'll say about Prince of Darkness is when I first saw it, I was kind of like, it's still a lesser one, but. Each subsequent time I watch it, I enjoy it more. Okay. I'm st- it still doesn't become like, oh, this is actually yeah. a great Like film, one of the better carpenters. Uh, I've only seen it once, so I'll check it out again, and I still yeah, have it downloaded. It's, so. it's definitely worth, you know, it's worthy of what it is. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lesser carpenter, but it's a kind of a gem. Um, I mean, I always I always forget about The Fog, and The Fog oh, yeah, is the fog. such a good uh, yeah. yeah, The Fog is uh, great. That, you just watched that, The Fog, Yeah, Jeff. I just, I just so, watched that earlier so today. It's so good, and I always forget it. about it for some reason. Joe, the, the, the cinematography on that was so good for the yeah. time. It's like having, like, invisible ghosts and having it look like actual... It looks mm. better than yeah. all of this guys, shit now. Wait, did he, do the, he did do the music on The Fog, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, trying to, I'm still trying the to figure fog, out what the one is. Basically, uh, this town gets invaded by this evil fog because yeah, uh, the, to town's precip- the, te- yeah. Yeah. the town's uh, founders yeah. uh, murdered this ship full of lepers who bought half the town off them, Oh, like 200 years ago. Prior, or okay. Something like that. They murder them and steal a bunch of their like. They murder them and, and stole all of them on the boat. Isn't that, isn't that how it resolves at the end? Like they get the treasures back. No, no, no. Out? They kill. All, they kill all the ancestors. Oh, well, that, that's good too. Yeah. Yep. And, oh, nice. and I just thought it was beautifully they filmed. Kill all the ancestors. And, yeah, they killed all the ancestors of the four guys. Descendants. Who, descendants. descendants. Okay, that makes more that's sense. That's right. Yeah. Gotta get rid of those descendants. I'm gonna kill yeah. your Milo fucking ancestors. Milo gets killed by the fog. <laughs> kill your ancestors. Which is actually a remake of another movie called The Fog. 
I did not know that at all. That, that's it. Well, there was another movie. I'm not sure if it was called Fog or The Fog, but there's another older movie that features. Is it a straight up remake or is it I just don't know. using the title? Because if we're going to talk about the thing as a remake. I remember watching so. this old version that I think's from the 60s with my father. Huh. Still, I'm just or I could be talking out my home. ass. <laughs> I could be talking out my ass. Tom Atkins. I was just trying to think of the actor from yeah. The Fog. Tom Atkins. He's in that. He's in Halloween 3, which is not uh, not Carpenter, but it's of, I mean, Carpenter did the music for yeah. Halloween 3. It was a 3. movie Mystery Science Theater made, made fun of. Oh, well. <laughs> that narrows it down. <laughs> right. <laughs> they kind of did that, but no, yeah. Uh, fuck, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, not, you're the, you I'm trying to, to find it. it. Okay. Because now it just looks like I'm talking out my ass, but it's okay. Yeah. I don't think it looks like anything it, to yeah, it's, these people. It's pretty. Yeah. yeah. If only if they could see what we looked like. If only they could see your ass. Yeah. You're right. They would definitely. We'd have more likes and subscribers for sure. <laughs> Maybe. Because that's a good ass. That's yeah, a good really ass. all about that. sex appeal. Uh, so sex that's, that's all. That's all it is. I don't have an ass. That's why we're not showing me. Oh, I'm born without. Minus <laughs> one ass. <laughs> Don't need it really. Can still poo and sit places, so it's fine. Yeah. But anyway, back to Tom Atkins. Now I'm trying. I'm, I'm going through my brain. I'm trying to figure out other movies he, Tom Atkins was in. Carpenter did. He so was also wasn't he? He was in Escape from New York. He was like a. I think it was like the police. He was one of the police people with Lee Van Cleef. Mm-hmm. Um, was he in Prince of Dark? No, that was he wasn't in Prince of Darkness. Yeah. Now. What was the name? Oh, you know what? I I, now I'm just going all over the place. But in the mouth of madness. Oh yeah, I remember uh, that actor. I just saw a movie. Sam Neil. Sam Neil. I just saw. You ever seen Possession? Sam Neil. Yeah, a lot dude. Of shit. Possession. I just watched it recently. Mm-hmm. I was like that, fucked with my head. I was all alone. A fucked up movie. It is. I was yeah. all alone in a hotel room, like on a job in like Watertown or something. Mm-hmm. I'm just watching Possession, and like, uh, I just fucked with my head really yeah. bad. Just because the mm-hmm. way it, Possession just depicts like a, a relationship falling apart and just yeah. Then <laughs> as the so the, the woman who gets upset, cheats on her husband, like, it has all these weird metaphorical scenes, like, there's a scene where she's having uh, a miscarriage, but they do it as a possession, yeah. and it, it's just, she's in an uh, empty subway platform, just, like, oozing shit out of her face. And it's her, a fucking oh, very okay. strong Wait, film. So it's very, yeah. with Sam Neill. So, yeah, Sam Neill's yeah. in it. Right. He plays I, like, the, I like shit that fucks, that fucks he, my head, so... He, yeah, you'd like it, it, for sure. Yeah. And he plays, like, he's, like, this emasculated, like, sp- it's weird, because he's a spy, but he becomes very emasculated by what's going on with his wife, and there's questions as to whether he's not impotent or it's, it gets really weird. Huh. Yeah, it's intense. And it's, yeah, about keeping family order. And then there's clones somewhere, like Envision <laughs> the Body Snatchers. I don't know. And then at some points, there's like all these creature effects and it starts to go off on other tangents and you don't know where to. It's not Carpenter, though, I'm just saying. Sam Neill, In the Mouth of Madness. That mm. was Carpenter. Does that fit in your uh, time frame? Yeah. It's, it, for me, it's a, it's a lesser Carpenter. I would I, also say it's a lesser Carpenter. That's also a Lovecraft. We were talking yeah. earlier. That's a Lovecraft yeah. film. I'd say it's a, a lesser, but definitely it's a yeah. worthy film. That yeah, was a Sutter. Sutter Kane is yeah, his Sutter Lovecraft Kane. character. So they, yeah. it's like a new way. It's like Providence. Like they go to or Arkham. They go to an Arkham-esque town. Arkham. And this guy fucking runs Arkham. it now. The guy who wrote the stories about it. Arkham Hearst. Yeah. Anyway. Arkham Hearst. Yeah, for sure. Do, oh, we didn't talk about that in the podcast. What? Uh, uh, Brimstreet P and I. No, no, that was before we <laughs> started recording. Before we started recording. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so Lovecraft. I missed a rudimentary P and I shit. You missed a rudimentary yeah. P and I conversation. Was... Talked about the Primal Screamer. You were, no, you were talking to Mel Pope Adrian. 
Pope Adrian the 37th, Psychristiatric. Or is it Psych... I can't never pronounce it. You know, I mean, like, I love uh, Cacophony, but I don't... I think that's that's all I've ever listened to from... If you were going to listen to one, that'd probably be the one I would recommend, especially if you like Lovecraft. But I like all of the all all the penis. Yeah, I like all, all the penis. I like all, all the penis. All penis is good penis. No penis, even rudimentary. Especially yeah. the rudimentary. That's kind. my favorite. There kind. was this long period in high school where I would just put that album on, then I'd always fall asleep for some reason. It lulled you to sleep with all oh, this weird. Oh, that explains a lot. I was gonna say how <laughs> ironic because it's cacophony. It's yeah, it's supposed to keep you yeah. awake. It's supposed to be discordant. And all those cool poems in between, like the like. The, the drink. Come hither, my lads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 uh, I'm pretty sure that's from the tune. That's a good. Tyrian drinking song. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good stuff. Yeah. I don't know how to bring that back to John Carpenter, though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Aliens. Yeah, he makes here. music, too. Carpenter makes music. Lost yeah, theme. Awesome. You've seen, you've seen him perform Lost theme, yep. right? Yep. What? Yeah. Uh, two years ago, he was on tour promoting Lost Themes 2 and my best friend Justin and I went and saw him in New York City and I gotta tell you like not only was I like just dying because he's my third favorite filmmaker of all time and getting to like see him live like just blew my, me away but like first I'll describe like how he actually set it up like so where the stage was it was a pretty I mean I guess it's called the PlayStation Theater it was like right in Times Square so I guess it was a pretty big place but the actual the actual venue was quite small, which I was happy about. But um, it the stage, intimate night with John Carpenter. Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> um, it, like, when was this? John Carpenter live, like performing his what? like. No, like when was it? Oh, sorry. Uh, it was July of 2016. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I actually just because I was looking at the wiki page and I saw he has the discography. So. Yeah. Um, and in the on the stage like on four panels behind him, they were projecting videos and they were all like distorted, but they were of like his films. And he opened with the theme from Escape from New York. So they like showed like the like computerized like map of like the city and like, and like when it, like the, the dong, dong, yeah. dong, dong, like when it starts building up and they all like walk out on stage and, and they're like showing Snake Plissken. And then when it like just came in, it was just, it was such a like epic like entrance to it, but the the show, for me, other than again being so moved by it, uh, what was really cool is like you could tell John Carpenter was having a good time because as you've probably seen in interviews or read in interviews, he's quite an ornery person, which mm-hmm. I completely don't blame him for because everyone passed him up and then they realized oh how much of a genius he was. But you could tell he was having fun, like he was like interacting with the audience, like he wasn't just there like. Yeah, I'm just here to like collect my money. It was like it made the experience so much better knowing that like he wanted to be there and yeah. was like having fun performing. Yeah, he talked awesome. about he talks about in interviews how much he enjoys playing music, and that was like yeah. the happiest moment for me because like you said, up to like past '94, his movies would go way down here. You get Ghost of Mars, you get Vampires, Vampires, John Carpenter's Vampires, just Village of the Damned remake, just a lot of rough shit. I find and I come to find out he's been making music and it's awesome. Yep. What and kind of music is it? It's exactly like it's lost. They're, they're, they sound like his soundtracks for movies that he hasn't made. It's great. Yeah. Synthy, creepy Synthy, shit. Yep. yep. It's awesome. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. And I, again, because I'm a diehard, like, he'll always be my third favorite, I still have hope. He, he will do at least one more, like, 
maybe his magnum opus or something. Like, yeah, right. He'll yeah, do one more before he's done. But I like oh, I, I like the fact that he's sure. on to music now. Like I like that he's not trying to be like, all right, let me do an award two award. You know, yeah. he's, he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do music. That's what I want to do. I'm going to do awesome. a Disney remake. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> wow. That would I'm be like, sweet. That would be sick. Oh, the Great Mouse Detective. He yep. should have yep. yep. no, done the Dark Tower. He should have done the Dark Tower. Yeah, he should have done the Dark Tower. We could, um, well, or I don't the know. There's a lot of people could have done Dark Tower. Yep. That would have been better than fucking with Ron Howard. Are we talking about Dark Tower? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could tell from the preview that that was not. I haven't seen it, but I, I just. Seen Ron it. Howard did the Dark Tower. I think so, right? The yeah. least dark I guy no I can idea. think yeah. of. It's like <laughs> credits are like Apollo thirteen. He was. He is the darkest guy. Richie I'd, Cunningham. I'd say, I feel like he's the perfect person to make. <laughs> Nicolaj American Graffiti to Dark Tower. Wait, it wasn't Ron Howard? No, it was directed by Nicolaj Arsel. 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 Perfect. What else did he do? Nicolas Arschel. This see. is a, a tangent, but it's tertiarily based from Stephen King. I don't know if I was watching the wrong movie, but I did not like the It remake. Yeah, that everyone it. was like, it's the greatest thing. I, I didn't see. I was like, hmm. I thought the movie was trash, but again, maybe I didn't think it was great. I thought it was okay. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was okay. Did you see the new It? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Okay? Yeah, middle and middle yeah. movie? You know, uh, the only thing I had to compare I don't think to, you can pull off kids being the, the heroes anymore, like in a serious horror movie. It is kind of harder for me to get interested in movies like that, where the kids are the main characters. I remember one of the biggest nightmares ever was I went to go see Super 8 and just lost my fucking uh, mind. It was so bad. Yeah, Super 8 was really bad. I hated it. I actually love Super 8, Did at least the it? first half. Because yeah. I, I like... I like that. I mean, it's so cliche because that's what everyone said about. It, but I like that Goonies esque right. Spielberg. By the second half, though, where it's it's not really like that. I, mean, I, I didn't like, but I really enjoy. I think and, I think kids being in the main character is fine. Well, well, no, here's but then you but like the but in the Goonies it really works. Yeah, Goonies. Also. Right, but expecting like adult traits from children. Yeah. But like, that doesn't matter because look at how much th- like good fiction where you have kids doing shit that kids don't fucking do. It, it's like adults, you know? Like Harry Potter? Or Game of Thrones. I don't Thrones. know. I'm Actually, like, <laughs> literally, they're supposed to be half I'm thinking the like Lord of the Flies. They display or, in the show. I, yeah, they wouldn't be able to get away with it. I, they, no. I do want to clarify just in case. Uh, I don't think Super 8 is like a great film and in terms of like a piece of cinema, but I enjoy it. Like I like it as like what it yeah. is, but I don't want to... No, man, Super 8, that's like... It's like Citizen Kane. Well, I hate Citizen Kane too, but... Anyway, <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, I don't know if there's a lot of like huge Super Eight defenders out there. No, it's definitely not. No, I, will, I will defend Super Eight. You know what's right, well, there, I'm glad up, we have. What's one. up with J? Okay, it's whatever tangential here. JJ Abrams. How what? come he makes things that mostly suck, but then sometimes they're good? And I then it's like it's like M Night Shyamalan, and it's like to me, I'm thinking they're like they know people, and they're like, oh, okay, I'll buy this script from you or something, you know? Because they fucking then they try to make something by themselves and they suck. I don't know. I'm not saying this what's is what's going on. What's something that J.J. Abrams made that you really like, though? Um, uh, uh, what's the one with the monsters? <laughs> there's a... Th- <laughs> uh, there's, there's, Signs. There's three of them. The first one's okay, and it's like... It, the first one's like, um... Supposed to be like a found footage sort of thing. Oh, like Cloverfield? Cloverfield, yeah. Oh, did first he, make Clover? he didn't make Cloverfield, Yeah, he did. He, he made oh. those. Did I don't know if he did it? the first one, but he did the second two, and the second two are actually Ten good. Cloverfield Lane was Cloverfield was good. Lane with John Goodman. Yeah, it's fucking that. great. That was, was good. And then I, I always, we, 
I thought it was funny. So John Goodman's never I don't I've never seen him play like a fucking weird kind of creepy guy ever. Well, and his Fink. name's Goodman, he's a good man. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But in that movie, he's a fucking weird fucking creepy guy. And yeah. he plays it he plays it well and it's a good movie. Yeah. Well he, he can't do that because Barton Fink he plays I don't know if he's yeah. supposed to be the devil or odd devil, but he plays fucking creepy and he does it really well. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a Coen Brothers movie. Oh, okay. We use they use him a lot. Oh, okay. Since Raising Arizona. Yeah, but anyways, those movies are good. And there's Cloverfield Paradox. I also I also yeah. enjoyed that. I haven't movie. seen that. I have not seen, seen that. Yeah, I, haven't yeah. Seen, I haven't seen Ten Cloverfield Lane. Was that like a cinematic release or how did that yeah, work? Yeah, that was a cinematic release. Cloverfield Paradox was a Netflix Netflix release. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I saw something on Netflix, the Cloverfield yeah. the title. I just, I'm not sure how, do they all, I mean, because that was like a Lovecraftian kind of thing. Yeah, it, it is, it's just weird. Well, the reason really why I like it is, I mean, aside from it's good, but it's like the way, the kind of universe that those movies create is very interesting. You have the first one, and it's just like these monsters, and it's like kind of crazy, and it's like, okay. But then you get to the second one, it's not even about the monsters. They're, it's them hiding from the monsters, and then you see the monsters at the end. It's like almost like doesn't matter, and then the third one gets in this weird kind of sub what's going on, like kind of like this um, reality is like merging with, or this universe is merging with some other universe, and it kind of so it's not they're not <clears throat> focusing on the same things, but they're focusing on some weird event that's occurred in our universe. So whatever it is is caused. It sounds like the plot to Stranger Things too. Since and I immediately thought of that when Stranger we're, Things. When we're, when we're talking about, about like yeah, that's, that's like yeah. a kids. Which mm-hmm. thoughts on Stranger Things, Ben? It's um, a kids thing. I was like into it, and this is gonna sound like supremely like hipster or whatever, but I got over that show real quick. Like, mm-hmm. like I first watched, season, or did you watch the second I, one? I watched the first season, um, and then I had no interest in watching the second one. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of. It was I watched. And I, done. Both. I kind of actually it. had something similar happen because I watched the first season. I really liked it, and then I had people who I was living with at the time. They were watching the second season, but mm-hmm. I kind of like watch it and then not watch it. So I've seen like like a little bit of it you know I'd, like, say, I'd say I really liked the first season and then the second season I watched out of you know the only thing I mean I actually did it was like, interesting I, I it did, was interesting I liked I did, it but yeah I did like the second season the only real problem I had with it was was like it kind of made a little bit of sense because they're trying to do an 80s thing where like 80s sequels would always just revisit tropes from the first one how they did the whole thing with the lights in the house in the first season and then the second season they did the thing with the drawings in the house it's like the same yeah, yeah. fucking thing happening right. twice which seems like why would that happen twice but honestly I thought the first season I thought I thought that was it and I was like this is a good standalone yeah it would have been one great. season it would have been better maybe yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of tarnish something I mean the second season do that. second season wasn't terrible it wasn't Terrible. Just, yeah. I, I did just think of a tie-in. Yeah, that Because we we brought up it, which was I mean, anyway. Well, the reason I brought up Stranger Things was because I thought it did the Goonies thing well, but you know, yeah, we you have all these kids. Yeah, characters. exactly. Yeah, totally. It's just you know, it's, and it's fun. They're nerds. You know, we can relate. Yeah. But, but I have no problem with kids acting like adults. Like, I, I don't really would never either. Do. I mean, and, and I do. I have of, kids, so yeah. No, okay, <laughs> I'm sure. a five-year-old. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like in fiction, you know, like. Right. Yeah, kids don't talk like this. Well, kids don't act like this. If they wanted to make it really adult, they could have just went by the, the actual novel. It where apparently I even I haven't read it, but apparently there's a scene where they all have sex with the girl characters. So they can lose their virginities before they battle it, and oh, they just consistently yeah. like every, every time there's like well both times there was an iteration of it. They're like, are we gonna do that? Are we not? And there's like, no, no, we're not gonna. <laughs> right. like, that that, that kind of reminds they me. Oh, I would have like, been that bad. I just, just watched the new Netflix. Uh, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Shit. Oh, I was wondering if that was even a remake. 
Because it's I was watching the preview with Mary Kate, and I was like, I was remake. like that bad. And Mary Kate was like, it's just a remix for Teenage it's, Witch. It's really bullshit. Fucking, it's really fucking cheesy, but it's yeah, it's interesting. I watched so wait, all a, of it. It's a series. It's a show. She's a witch, yeah, and her name's yeah, yeah. Sabrina, though. Is yeah, it like yeah. Sabrina the Teenage Witch was like a sort of a TGIF show? Yeah. yeah. So it's supposed to be like a sort of funny sort of thing. No, it's it's definitely darker. Not- and like, I'm, that I'm saying the original one was kind of, it was like a <laughs> lighthearted kind oh, of. Yeah, it's not, should, should it's really not that, it. it's not oh, like okay. that. Um, but anyway, in like one of the episodes, there's this scene, and like there's this girl that's like a peer, a witch peer of Sabrina. So she's like 16 years old, and like she's gonna be sacrificed. So they want to do anything she wants to do. You know, she's like the queen. You know, she gets to do whatever. And so she's having like this fucking orgy with this like. This on the show? Yeah, yeah. With like three other 16 year olds and like two dudes who well, are like in their like, like 200 years old or it's something. It's like Greece, though. Like it's but, like 40 year olds playing the 16 year olds, though, right? No. Like they, they don't look they that look, young. Okay, okay. I mean, they're early 20s. Probably. Okay. But, I, I didn't expect that from a Sabrina but like, I didn't remake. Even, like, watching it, when I saw it, I was just like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. They're all fucking... Remake. It's and like then, like... Revisiting? I don't know. What you and then, like, I was going to the next episode, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. They're all, like, 16 years old. That's kind of fucked up. <laughs> I just did not expect that from that show. I, oh, saw, the, I saw the preview. Oh, reboot. it's a reboot? See, reboot? reboot I have right. a real issue it, with yeah. reboots. Yeah, yeah it's uh, a reboot. I mean, it's definitely better than the TJF show. You know, I figured uh, out why I can't do reboots. It's though. a little cheesy, though, because yeah. you know, there's good reboots. I, I I admit that yes, there are some, but the problem is that I'm such a nerd and I get so invested even into bad things that like once it's established, I'm like that can't be true in this universe. That's not things don't just go away. <laughs> That'd be like saying that like Ronald Reagan was had three terms like in Watchmen or something, which actually did like that. But but that's my point. Is like I don't Halloween. We talked about Halloween via Facebook a little bit. Ben had his points. I had my points. Jeff stayed out of it. Yeah. Okay. But that was it was a remake, and actually, John Company produced that, right? Wait, what are you talking I about? Believe so, yeah. I believe he produced the new Halloween. Oh, okay. Which Jeff and I went to go see. Ben's definitely seen I it. I thought it was it was all right. I thought it was okay. It was really weird for a lot of different reasons. So is that the third new Halloween movie? That's like <sighs> the third... Yeah, reboot, if you will. Yeah, they've rebooted it so many times now. Or have they, though? I mean, well, they've rebooted... Because Rob Zombies was, like, the oh, first... Re- I totally forgot. Yeah, Rob Zombie made... Good, good, forget about that. Everyone <laughs> should totally, forget about... Yeah, Rob, it, Zombie, oh, so Rob he, Zombie made two. He made me feel right? dirty. He made me feel really dirty. No, he shouldn't. Uh, he sucks, too. I was going to say, he shouldn't <laughs> suck at music. <laughs> I like White him. Zombie. No, White Zombie is not Rob Zombie. We've already we've talked about this. White Zombie is... <laughs> He's a different guy entirely. He just looked like Rob Zombie. Wait, yeah, no. No, no, um, Devil's Rejects, I thought, I, I liked Devil's When Rejects. I saw it, I thought it was fun. Like, when it came out a long time ago. I've only seen it once, that was I, when it yeah, came out. I saw it once when it I came out. I thought it was cool, out, I thought so. it was, and it's just like a good Hospital of course, they saw the art theater, fell asleep, went with my friend, we both fell asleep on that couch, and then went back. We're like, what was that about? We're like, I don't know, there's a house... I don't think there were a thousand corpses in it. <laughs> it was False just, advertising. Which is what I was kind of expecting. I was like, there's going to be 1,000. I was like, 16? There's going to be 1,000 deaths in this. We could only hire 998 extras. Mm. We can... Low budget. <laughs> Sorry. No, I... I uh, to me, Rob Zombie is the second worst filmmaker of all time. Well, I don't know much about his other movies, but for sure the Halloween be, remake, the, well, the one yeah. I saw was fucking terrible. Wait, wait. Um, real quick, we don't... This could be for another topic, but 
in my opinion, the worst filmmaker of all time is Quentin Tarantino. Oh, what? Oh, 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 no. oh, oh, this is fun. This is I good. He's got good, good stuff. There's definitely good stuff. Yo, in Hateful Eight, he used John Carpenter's unused music. Of course he fucking did. Of course he did. I that there's two ways to see that. But wait, 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 come on. Wait, Pulp Fiction? No. Not Reservoir Dogs? No. It's trash. See, with me, I like it. I like it. I like I like Reservoir Dogs. I like Pulp Fiction. I like Jackie Brown. I don't like Inglorious Bass. Or Django. I like you guys. Too. You like those? I like them. I yeah. like them. Yeah. I like Django. I, know, I, thought, I thought those. We're having a mixed yeah, bag. I like here. them. A mixed um, Quentin Tarantino bag. But, like, yeah, Paul Fiction, I think, is fucking, like, quintessential. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, fucking, you know, this is a highly original his style like that movie is fucking. You got the, 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 the mix, the, the narrative jumps around, and it's just great. I think it's great. The dialogue, which is shit that goes on. I love that movie. Which movie are you talking about? I forgot. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Oh, Pulp Fiction. Oh, I love Pulp Fiction, too. Yeah. yeah. I really love it. There's, fun. There's, there's some scenes where some crazy shit goes on. Like with fucking... Uh, um, uh, what is it? Uh, what, what's the black guy's name? Um, you mean the actor? Like Julius... Uh, the, the, no. Uh, the, Ving Rhames character? Ving Rhames. So Ving Rhames and then... Um, uh, wait, what the fuck? I can't think of his name. Uh, the white guy. Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis. Okay. And then I always get those two characters with their names. And then, like, but they had the fucking, with a gimp and the sword. That shit's fucking, that's probably one of my, there's so many good scenes in that movie, I think. You know? But Ben, what's your main, main beef? Main beef with Quentin Churchill? My main beef? style, like, oh, all, like, something Here's the thing, if you have beef with him as a person, I can see that. I definitely have beef with him as a human being. But my my main thing with Quentin Tarantino, and he he fully admits this, so I think that makes me hate it even more, is he just steals from everything else. And not that that's inherently wrong, that he's like, no, I'm such a lover of film that I'm so inspired by these other things, and I want to show people yeah. like that I'm influenced by these. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, he'll stand there and he'll be like, hey, you liked Kill Bill? I literally took this character from some kung fu movie that no one watched, that's really good. And they're like, no, dude, you're the genius. He's like, no. Okay, like, well. He's like telling you. Okay, but he's... here's the thing. Here's what's going on, really. He's There's... like a buffet of film. He's not, it's not really anything but it's your, original. It's your, that's, but like, really, that's what's going on anyways. <laughs> Everyone's drawing their, like, but, and that might be so direct, yeah. but the people draw inspiration. No, they're, they're doing it to different degrees. Stuff, you no, know? He, he might be like very liberal. And he's like, I'm just going to take straight up take this character, you know? And no, absolutely, but people thing. give him credit for being original. It's like, no, he's telling you he's, like, right. taking all these sources. Well, the, the way, okay, fine, it's not original per se, but the, the way he, like, hashes it together, there is but some... But he hashes it together with, like, pointless dialogue and just just drawn, drawn, droning, like... I mean, the scene in Inglorious Bastards in the bar or whatever where they, there's, like, a 30-minute conversation about... I only saw it once about God knows what, and then they just kill the guy. Like, I, I thought think, it was good. I do. I like. I like the dialogue. I think. Yeah, it's, no, I it's rarely, like. Yeah. It's like. It's like enjoyable dialogue. I rarely like, like pointless kind of, dialogue, and I've like talked about. It's not pointless though, because it's like yeah, no, that's what I don't kind think of it is. It's kind of about. Oh, I, I think like, dialogue needs to do two things. It needs to advance the story or give you character depth. His, but his dialogue doesn't always do one of those things. Well, it's more like dialogue. But if you're not going to do dialogue that. as an art form in and of itself. Yeah. If you're not going like to do, that. if you're not going to do either of those things, and it's just going to be dialogue. No, no, but it can be art form as dialogue, and that's I hate that. Well, I don't. I don't. But I don't think that all of his dialogue. Does one of those two things? I mean, wait, you said advanced plot. Advanced plot gives you, gives you gives you useful. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it does either. But I'm saying it's more like a dialogue for its own sake. It's like dialogue mm -hmm. as an art form in film. 
mm-hmm. where it's like it's not dialogue like why am I listening to this? this is boring it's like interesting because they're like saying like edgy shit and you know right okay. universe or crafting tension let's and, let's go back to the, the borrowing idea and like there's borrowing and then there's aping I mean you have people like Martin Scorsese who are very much film buffs in the same sense of like as Quentin Tarantino much more so in Martin Scorsese but he doesn't borrow any, anything like literally he doesn't just take things yeah and I like, what do you think of Scorsese? This is fun. Go through all um, Scorsese is pretty ones. decent. Um, after Hours. Uh, I, just like, seen, I just like After Hours. I've never seen After Hours. The, good. the last Scorsese I watched was Mean Streets, which I was kind of underwhelmed by. That's like his first movie, right? It's Actually, one of his you know earlier what? I ones. I don't think I've ever seen that one. I mean, Taxi Driver... I mean, what can be said that, about what? that? Oh, my God. Um, I have not seen hated, that in a long time. I should revisit that. I hated that. Wolf of Wall Street. I didn't finish Wolf of um, Wall Street. I'm not a big gangster film fan, but I got I, I love Goodfellas. I mean, that's a strong film. Um, Casino has, like, a lesser oh, Goodfellas. Oh, Casino, yeah. It's not as good as Goodfellas, but it's still. Yeah, it's it's up there. Um, did he do Raging? Yeah, he did do he Raging Bulls. Well. Raging Bulls very Raging good. Bulls good. I think I've never seen I've never seen King of Comedy. That's one they did. I've never seen, and I've never he seen did, After Hours until recently. And he also did The Departed, which I wasn't really a fan of. I would say Scorsese, other than like Goodfellas and Casino, and like Taxi. It's weird now that I think about it. Like I like Scorsese. He's obviously and he uses uh, Fassbinder's cinematographer a lot, Michael Bauhaus nice. or whatever. Um, so he gets credit for that. But other than, I feel so like lame saying like, oh yeah, Scorsese does such good films because. A lot of his films are very strong, but for me personally, there's nothing... Like, I guess what I would say is I'm not, like, a diehard Scorsese fan. To me, like, he's not... I, I don't just, want to... He's just not someone you're... Okay, let's, 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 ref, let's actually... Let's, let's, let's put a positive spin on directoral questions. You said you had three favorite directors. Uh, yeah. Let's do... What, what, who are they? My top three... I have my top ten, but my top three are Stan Brackage, yes. Rainer Werner Fassbinder, and John Carpenter. That's awesome. It's mm-hmm. all awesome. Brackage, yeah. I I showed you guys some Brackage stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Brackage, avant-garde, yeah. kind of crazy stuff. A lot like some of the stuff I saw of yours had played with some of that same kind of stuff. And Fassbinder, just love Fassbinder. Mm. Amazing. He's, he's a lot of fun. And, well, maybe that's not the right thing. <laughs> but <laughs> some things I've seen recently by him was The, the Merchant of Four Seasons was oh, really good. Great. Uh, Lola I just saw. Not that, yeah, I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen Lola until recently. Lola was, these are just weird. Oh, Lola? Lo, Lola, you've seen the movie Lola? With it's the, the Fassbender? It's, it's, it's about a, the guy with a the, singer. the little girl. Oh, wait, this is Lolita. Lolita? Oh, no, we, that's, that was another episode we did talk about. <laughs> we did get into that at some point. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, we talked about uh, Matheson, the actor, the main, James James Matheson. I don't fucking know his name. I'm trying here. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, he played, he, he played the, 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 the pee-pee toucher in uh, Lolita. And he, James, ah, damn it. Anyway, he was in uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. There you go. He was he was in also in Lolita. All right, James Matheson, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you get a favorite Fassbender? My favorite, uh, yeah, my favorite is film Why Does Hair R Run Amok? Ah, that's a very that's good one. That's one of my all-time favorite films. I read something weird about that recently. I read that, like, he, like, he didn't want to take credit for that for some reason because it seems like such a Fassbender movie. Yeah. It sounds weird that, like, he would 
distance himself from it. I don't, I don't know the exact specifics. Maybe I shouldn't even be talking about Yeah, that. I, I don't know why It was such a good movie, though. So good. Yeah, it's it's, it's just the build, it's just the slow build-up to that guy yeah. losing his fucking mind. It's very yeah, greasy and uncomfortable, and you're like, he's, he's yeah. just, every this day is an indignity for this guy. Everything that happens yeah. to him. His life is just so, like, boring, and then he just yeah. loses it. Yeah. <laughs> he's an architect, but, like, not like a fun, like, not like the head architect. He's like the guy who, like, draws the line. Architects are fucking idiots for the most well, part. He, he <laughs> would probably be one of those because <laughs> he's just, like, a cog and like it makes like, the corners. Are, like, yeah, at one point, there's a right angle. At one point, he's right making entrances, and there's this will be impossible to install. Yeah. So let's <laughs> make all of that. Put it on every floor. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll we will get back on topic. I have one quick question because I haven't seen it. I haven't never seen uh, his like series Berlin Alexander Berlin Alexander Have you seen that? Uh, I've seen most of it. I I have the the Criterion DVD of it. I've seen most of it. It's been a while. It's a very, just like a lot of Fassbender, it's very arduous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very interesting, like, the the depth and, like, complexity that he presents in the characters. And it's, like, a long I forgot how long it is. It's pretty long. Um, I would need to revisit it again, though, to first of all finish it out. But um, it's very interesting, very very Fassbinder in terms of like what he has to say about German society and mm-hmm. like where they were at that point even though it's in a more historical context um, but yeah I need to rewatch this. yeah I really want to check that out it's just like Berlin Alexander plots yeah, yeah there's just so many goddamn Fassbinder movies and like I always yeah. want to watch them. like I'll watch all of them I never, I have, I'll never be able to do it he has technically I think 43 films which yeah. he accomplished in 15 years which that's yeah. part of why he's amazing and I own... Just, yeah, just him as a guy is very interesting yeah. to me. Just the way he just partied hard. And he partied, he, like, and ruined people's hearts. Oh, oh, yeah. He, like, had... Uh, the guy, uh, Ben Al-Sadim, I forget how his name is pronounced, uh, who played Ali in Fa- Ali oh, yeah. Fierce Low. Yeah. I think he ended up killing himself because yeah. he was in love with... Fa- like, Foxbender had everyone in love with him, and he abused... Yeah. He, he was, was a fucked-up person, but... He was m- so good. I think he was. Wasn't he married? He was he married was, to the woman who he was, was married in to, Merchant of Four Seasons. Well, she was in all of his. Yeah, films, he was married to Hannah Shigala at one point. Was he married to her? I think he was married to Hannah Shigala, and he was married to Julian Lorenz. That was his last wife. Mm-hmm. Who? Um, I think he was married to only those two. I don't know if he was married to Erm Herman. I know they were together. He basically was at one point or he another in relationships with everybody. Everybody, in, everybody yeah, everybody in the, all those in those movies. And he had the, uh, do you know the name of the actress who played uh, her? R. Her, um. Her yeah, Rab. it's Rab. Uh, what? Yeah. What the fuck is his name? Rab. Now it's escaping me. I know his name. It's apparently Rab. yeah. Yeah. Pure sure. Rab. Pure Rabin or something. No, that was the guy who did his music. Maybe. I don't know. At some Kurt point, Rab. Or no, isn't that that's Rab himself? Never mind. From <laughs> that's Jackass. Chris. Chris Rab. Chris Rab. So maybe it was correct. Ah, it's Rab. I, I, something. I, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, apparently when they did, like he had had enough of being cast as like these emasculated characters at some point. Like I think when they did Station Master's Wife, and he's just like, I'm not doing any more movies with you. Fuck uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which actually, I've never seen Station Master's Wife. I don't think I've seen it. I know in that one, I know I know the plot of it because I because I just read through shit about yeah. him all the time, but. Yeah, no, and don't. One of the marriage of Maria Braun. That was so really good. good. And uh, World on Wire. World on Wire. 
here's the thing about that. I, I just just conceptually, I just think it's really fascinating because it's before obviously anything like the yeah. Matrix. It's Matrix come out. It's like a double Matrix. Yeah. What is it? It's called World on Wire. So it's I about, think you told me about yeah, this. Yeah. It's, it's about like a false environment like the Matrix. And basically, this, there's one guy named Einstein. He's trying to get out of that matrix, and he also tells the guy in what is presumably our reality, he's like, "I'm also trying to get out of this because this is just a secondary world on matrix. wire, right? World on a wire, yeah. World on wire is wealth um drop or something. Okay, yeah, I definitely have to watch it. Criterion put it out. Mm, it's very good, and it would fit with all these like AI, not AI. What what do you call that? Like the artificial environment? Simu- artificial simulation. 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 That's it. Okay. Thank yeah. You. So there's a you could do like we could do an episode on movies. Yeah, we could like theories. yeah. We were talking. I remember we were talking about this because we were talking about how when in the second Matrix movie came out and then Neo is like stops the fucking robots and then when they're out of the Matrix. That's what I thought. And I then like people are like, oh my god, are they? Is this just another Matrix? This is stupid. And it's I just thought, like no, that was yeah. that's a fucking brilliant. That's but yeah, this is before that's where I'd that seen, should have went. Yeah, that's where I, before I'd seen World on Wire. So when World World on Wire did that, I was like, thank you. That's what I want. I want a layered simulation. Right. That's all. There's the thing. That's. If you can have one, more why not more? There, there could be infinite simulations. It, 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 the theory is once a civilization hits a certain point, they make a simulation, so it could be infinite. That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got that tie-in in my back pocket. Waiting right now. As I was say, yeah, where's that tie-in? Okay, Tommy Lee Wallace is the tie-in. He was the, actually, he was the director of um, Season of the Witch, the Hot Halloween 3, not John Carpenter. John Carpenter did the music for it. Tommy Lee Wallace directed he also directed, we were talking about it, he directed that 90s TV series, the TV version of it with yeah. Tim Curry. He's a frequent collaborator a with version of Carpenter. It. You've never right. seen that with I Tim didn't. Curry? You You've know, never seen that. That was the, the made for TV? Yeah, yeah that's that was the, the one that I saw. Oh, oh my God. All oh, over the, the original It. Yeah, yeah, that was oh, a TV. I, didn't, I didn't know that was on yeah, TV. Yeah, it was a TV. TV. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Oh, oh okay. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Wait. So we were talking about... Wait, what's the, what's the movie with the the Stephen King movie? We were talking about it earlier with the twin. Uh, fuck, The Shining. The Shining. Okay, thank yeah. you. All right, have you ever seen the TV? The it was a TV movie. Oh yeah, no. And it was like it's this mini series, so it's like yeah. six hours long. I got bored like one hour. Yeah, no, I, I actually got bored with it too. Did anybody here finish I, it? I would say I just I rewatched it maybe four or five years ago. Here's what I'll say about it: it's not good. It's definitely more closer to the the novel. Yeah, that's what I've heard. But but, um, obviously, Stanley Kubrick, first of all, himself, he's in his own plane of awesome, and so isn't The Shining. But I feel like the the TV miniseries is a good, like, curiosity, like, here's camera B. Or not not camera B, but, like, here's another, like, aspect of looking at it. Like, I I think it's, like, Mm -hmm. a... It's an interesting compare and contrast. Mm -hmm. Like, the the TV version is... (laughs) Yeah, not good. It reminded me of like, like they did the they you know you have Lynch's Dune, which everybody hates, which I don't hate. I actually kind of like it, but wait, I grew up, so I grew up there, watching. It. Is that actually like it's, that's not a final product? What are you talking about? Lynch's Dune. Lynch's, no, Lynch's uh, Dune. Or, or, or no, no, I'm sorry, Joe. Oh, you're thinking Jodorowsky's Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. No, what's cool about Jodorowsky's Dune is the fact that it never happened. Yeah, it's just right, the right, fact right. that it's like hanging well, out there and about it. And we we didn't make this tie in earlier, but fucking John Carpenter, Dan O'Bannon, they went to school together. They made Dark Star together. Dan O'Bannon goes on to write Alien. Yep. So if they make this movie together, uh, Dark Star, O'Bannon is in it. It's their student film that they eventually, they never finished. And they got financing for after they all graduated. And they, they got pay- money to finish it, so they did, but they didn't have enough. So Dan O'Bannon made this beach ball alien. Yeah, that's yeah. like pl- I, killing people, and that's <laughs> kind of fun. But yeah, so Dan O'Bannon's in there, and 
Daniel Bannon gets tapped to do creature effects on Jodorowsky's Dune because of his work on Darkstar, which is kind of weird because it was a fucking <laughs> a beach, beach ball. ball. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's Jodorowsky. Yeah, as to say, if anyone is crazy enough to <laughs> hire someone yeah. on a ball, beach ball, it'd yeah. be Jodorowsky. Yeah, like, he was probably thinking the whole time he was like, "End of," because he because he said, like, first oh, I need more." He's, beach like, he's like, "The end of Dune is gonna just be so many fucking beach balls <laughs> plowing into people." I love the stories about. I love the whole documentary, Jodorowsky. Or, Jodorowsky's Dune because I just like to hear the stories of how he meets people and what he does to them. Like, Dan O'Bannon, like, he just got him high and, like, the movie's gonna be like this. And when he <laughs> says this and turns his hand, apparently Dan O'Bannon starts hallucinating. His face is, like, in a tunnel and, like, wom, 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 <laughs> And Dan O'Bannon immediately says, I'll do it. But, and then there's Mobius is involved, great French comic book dude. Mm. I don't know. H.R. Giger is in there in the mix. And H.R. Giger, this was a, at a time where... Man. Yeah, it's like almost like um, oh, I can I heard where someone, he was still alive. Okay, so like there's this thing about the uh, I don't forget what movie this is from. This guy's like, oh, the Library of Alexandria didn't die; it was just transformed. So it's like Jodorowsky's Dune. Yeah, it died, but it didn't like it. Oh, it became a million things. It, like, it transformed into like a story about itself. You it be- know, it became like, a lot of. Like I mean, the story might be better than the fucking movie, whatever it would have been. You know, totally. like this is the the kind of allure or whatever, like this kind of. Um, folktale yeah. about what could have been exactly know? but also i think it, it kind of pre-imagined all these things that would happen much later like he wanted to make a 13-hour dune like his script he was working on was 13 hours which sounded retarded to anybody who wanted to get anywhere near the movie but now it would just be a t it would just now be a TV it makes series. total sense yeah. because that's what people want although know? some of the content i've heard of the stuff that he wanted like the way he played with the story maybe would still be Kind of tough for people to get. What do you mean? Getting them, just the way he changed this, like the like uh, the Duke uh, Duke Atreides, Duke Leo Atreides. He becomes a eunuch in his version of Dune, which is, and like there's this whole weird. Well, that's like, stupid. You shouldn't. You don't. You shouldn't change it too much. I, like I just lo- I just like love that. the Dune book, so yeah, I'm not. Gonna, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not gonna want them to change. I'm not gonna say it's stupid, but, but it, could, it could be better. We but. were talking about The Shining and, and Stanley Kubrick and. He essentially wanted to do what Stanley Kubrick did with yeah. The Shining, which is say, like, here's the source. Someone hands him the source material, so ask him to make the movie. He says, thank you. I will use a little of this, <laughs> but I don't really need to read it to do that. Just give me the gist, right. and I'll make my own shit. Which is, and there's a thing about so, The Shining, how the, the car, I'm sorry, real quick. The, ca- the car that Jack Nicholson, or that the main character drove in the book The Shining is wrecked on the side of the road in the beginning of the movie The Shining, which people say is supposed to be like a fuck you to Stephen King, like not your movie. Oh, okay. Uh, that's who knows really what that yeah. was going. But I don't know, Stephen King gets fucked. He's been fucked. He's, he's got fucked by a car. He's been fucked. Yeah. But he has so much material, it's like some some of his movies are spot on with like his original material and a lot of it I don't think it's I still enjoy a lot of the movies he just did he wrote the script for like Maximum Overdrive? Okay, yeah, no, we're but we're gonna. That's gonna be my next pick, by the way. Okay. I'm gonna do Stephen King films uh-huh. for our next. And, and I'll get to rewatch Maximum Overdrive and find out if it's like anywhere near as good as I remember it. Okay, because when I saw it, I was like living in the South, and everyone I knew like trucks and cars and trucks. All right, so like, you gotta see Maximum Overdrive. You're boy. talking about you're talking about like he didn't even read the. the I think script. I think I know so. when he accepted it, Jodorowsky. When he accepted that he'd, he'd never read Dune, but neither had Lynch when he accepted it. Okay, so, I don't know, that just made me, uh, reminded me, so recently I had heard that the, um, or the the guy who directed um, Star Trek Troopers said that he never... Verhoeven? What is it? Paul Verhoeven, yeah. Okay, he said that he, ne- he didn't even read the book. He <laughs> that said, makes sense. So he said he got two chapters in, then he stopped. 
So, which I thought was interesting. All you know about Heinlein is bugs, space, tits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his books are like that. Yeah, yeah, but apparently, like, the movie is... Okay, so he wanted to make a... He was trying to use that material, that book, as to be, like, a kind of critical lens on fascism. And then... But the book, if you you look at the book... It's very pro, like... Imperialism? No, no, no. The, book, the guy, the guy, no, no. Heinlein was a extremely like liberal guy. Okay. Yeah, so it was all about being. It was like liberalism. Mm-hmm. And so it. But then he. So Heinlein or uh, the director was trying to make a so like anti-fascist movie or something like that. But then it's not. It's just it's it's not an anti-fascist. No, it movie. seems like it's very imperial. Like it's very like they're they're just going to another place to kill everybody. And they're, right. They're like. Bugs are not people. Fuck bugs. Right. And like that's the movie, and it has also I don't know, for you who movies have a weird man. vibe like RoboCop. Yeah. And like, what else did he do? Total Recall. Like they are all kind of teetering on that almost wait, like, camp and wait, or maybe did, just camp. Total but Recall. Still fun. He did. Yeah, wait, he this, did Total Recall. Yeah. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. I don't think he'll ever get enough respect because of that. Like with RoboCop, he has this weird dark comment on all of his films that are yeah like yeah. you said teetering on like what are you trying to say here i mean robocop obviously has like a you know like the industrial like uh not military industrial complex but societal uh, state that's yeah, the thing i immediately and, think of but uh, i'm trying to think of uh, you know i've never seen any of like verhoeven's like movies before he was like co-opted by hollywood so i just know robocop and beyond that's it. Yeah. And then he hits this period in the 90s where it's really rough for Verhoeven, like he's winning Razzies and shit. Like, the, for Showgirls. That's what he oh, yeah. did Showgirls. Which, yeah. What? You made that? He made Showgirls, uh-huh. yeah. Poor guy. Verhoeven. Verhoeven Knight. I don't know. Carpenter. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> well, anyway, I mean, it's Halloween. We're talking about horror movies, so it's not that. It's not that outlandish, yeah. I guess. But. So, I don't know. Do we even want to bring up, like, modern. Carpenter, <laughs> like a ghost. I have I've have not seen any of them. I've se- I saw Ghost of Mars at one point. I've seen Ghost of Mars, Vampires, I, The Ward. Yeah. I I saw I watched the two films he did for the Masters of Horror series, which were not good. <laughs> they were. Well, yeah, there was Cigarette Burns and uh, was one of them. Was it Pro Life? Pro Life was the other. Did? I didn't see Pro Life. Pro I did Life. see Cigarette Burns because I did watch the first Masters of Horror yeah. series. There was one Dario Argento did that was kind of kind of fun. It was like about like a what beast woman who uh, uh I didn't I didn't see it. It was weird. It was Dario Argento. It's about a woman beast, a she beast who just er- erupts naked out of the woods and just like fucks like this psychiatrist I think, and he gets super into it and he's just constantly he's obsessing over this beast woman in the woods. And then she starts killing people and he gets all sad. It's he's not like species. Wait, what? This is sounds this? like species almost. This is, this is Dario Argento's Masters of Horrors was a series. Okay. I think I can't remember what was on. Maybe HBO, where they would have just have uh, famous horror directors do these hour long segments. Okay. Dario Argento did one. I don't remember the title, but it was it was about this like she beast creature. When was this? It was uh, this was like probably early two thousands. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. John Carpenter did one called Cigarette Burns that I don't remember i think i attribute the wrong episode to him because i always thought the one where they they have this beast like hidden away in like this corner i don't maybe that might have been cronenberg or something but yeah i don't remember what cigarette burns was at all and i never saw pro-life because i never saw the second series mm-hmm. but hey, you mentioned species though i was, i always thought the idea of species that movie was actually really cool yeah because then you're taking so you're taking geiger 
and he, he um, there's like a documentary on Geiger, and he talks yeah. about how he's like, oh, it's awesome, yeah, he, yeah, but he's like, he's like, uh, like he used to be like so afraid of women and yeah. shit like this. And yeah, he's then, kind of afraid of everything. Yeah, he's, like, yeah. he's definitely a weirdo, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, so you have this, the, it's like an alien. I love the way he describes the alien and the alien season is like and it goes inside your body and you can <laughs> see it under your skin it's moving oh it's so weird like this, he gets all giddy and freaked out by his own shit yeah but I don't think I don't think alien is necess- or a species is necessarily a good movie but um, I think it was the first the first boobs I ever saw I might, it was among the first boobs yeah. I ever saw for sure and I remember those, those late night sci-fi channel romps. I, I remember those old South Park videos that would have those in-between skits. And I remember Trey Parker, Matt Stone would just act weird. And then one of them they were like, me and, Trey, me and Matt Stone, we like to play. I'm Natasha Hentridge. That's where we turn out the lights and close our eyes. And I pretend Matt's Natasha Hentridge. And then he closes his eyes and pretends I'm Natasha Hentridge. And it's, I just thought that was fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know why. It just stuck in my head. Stuck in my old, my Gulliver. I would say we could skip modern Carpenter, but like go on to like the Halloween. The we haven't talked about the Halloween re 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 remake, re re release, the re re remake, re remake. Really weird though. The guys, I mean, Danny McBride wrote it, which is very weird. I mean, Eastbound. I mean, yeah. I do. I love Eastbound Down. It's very funny. And Vice Principals. I like yeah. it very much. And Eastbound Down's good. I haven't really watched uh, Vice Principals. Yeah, there was this like. I mean, he so makes more. When I heard shows, he wrote it, right? I would. When I heard he wrote it, I was immediately like, "Yes, Danny McBride wrote it." But then, like when we got there, it sort of like occurred to me like what that meant for the Halloween movie. Like, <laughs> he's not the horror writer, and it's like, and he doesn't. It, okay, there's just so much of like, you didn't, okay, none of the characters are likable. That's one right. thing. There's just nobody who you really want to see, and, and it just it didn't seem like anything happened like i didn't i just never got invested in it and there were just a few cheeky moments of like funny dialogue that's what i thought it had right as far and as even it, the even the weaponry they could have done way better with the weaponry and just been way over the top with it they could have they could have went places with that for me i just wish they would have went places with the story maybe pick somebody better for the daughter had a better storyline for her they could have just done that didn't the whole movie about like a no, no, no. post-apocalyptic like survival right. or something? They could have just done Jamie Lee Curtis in a room yeah. with a lot of weapons, and that might have been interesting. I would say for me that was really the only highlight was Jamie Lee Curtis and the way she has the reacted to what's stress. happened to her. Yeah, I think but they, they've done that already. They've done it poorly, but they like I think in like I remember H two O resurrection where she was an alcoholic. And yeah. I think that, I think she was the one who liked that idea and like it ended up or or if yeah. she was trying to draw him in. And, to the house, she could have had like some H.H. Holmes like death house, like or some Home Alone well, shit going say, on. Yeah, it. she kind of did though, right? Like, <laughs> a I mean, little she bad, had like the trap door. She was like, that that cheesy fucking but line. That at could the have end. been like it's, it could have been like thirty minutes, and it was literally yeah. like the last four yeah. minutes. Of the what movie. was that line that she was cheesy line? She was like, "It's not a hiding place, yeah. it's a trap." Uh, <laughs> it was like, yeah, I just want to yell out, "It's a trap!" But, yeah, so, <laughs> wait, what are you guys talking about? Uh, the uh, Halloween, the new Halloween. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Speaking of like like the the death scenes, to me they were so like basic. But then I feel like they tried to overcompensate because like the one I think it was like a police sheriff or something like where he just like stomps his face in like mm-hmm. and it, they show it like in ultra detail. It's like I don't know. Everyone else was just kind of like a quick like stab or 
I'm just gonna bash your head against the wall. Like it just seemed like so uneven. But that was just the death if, scenes. But right. if they should have learned anything from the other sequels, they should have learned that like the first one was right when they had less gore yeah. and more suspense, and yeah. every other one was like. And I think it was a uh, oh, uh, Harvey Weinstein who in the one of the earlier remake or uh, one early sequels, Har- Halloween Four. They were they wanted to make it more subtle, and Weinstein Weinstein showed up, molested a couple ladies, and then was like, "No, can you have more blood and guts than that, please? People are gonna like it better." And no, nobody did. Yeah. But yeah, it just seemed so. I mean, I hated it. I knew I was. I went in with a negative opinion, but it just it I it sounds so cliche to already say that it relied on cliches, but yeah, like all the characters were to me, other than Jamie Lee Curtis, were pretty much pointless. I mean. The the, ch- the the teenage what daughter. What about the, you know, the, the, those two podcaster characters? Which, if they were going to ha- hinge it on anybody, they probably should have stuck with them. Yeah, like, 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 yeah, they introduce these characters, and they just get taken out immediately. Like, it's just like, okay. And then they have, like, the fill-in Dr. Loomis, who he somehow has oh, some nefarious That was stupid. Thing. But they didn't, yeah. expl- they didn't even explore exactly. that. They didn't they, go there There was no vested we, interest. I, yeah. Yeah. We were sitting there, like, mm. I was whispering to Jeff about it. I was like, he's the one who did it. Like and it does turn out that way, but they never explicitly say it or explain it. Yeah, like, like they, it's just every character was so one-dimensional, other than Jamie Lee Curtis, and even Jamie Lee Curtis, even though she was the bright spot, they they should have put more attention on her and on that thing. But they're like, no, let's show like the daughter at the school dance, and oh look, her boyfriend's oh, cheating on her. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. And that was oh, that. Yeah, like, that amounted to nothing. Like I don't yeah. know why like. They deliberately like no. Let's let's do all or, these or cliches. The, kid is, the the little kid is is like cute and yeah. like mouthy. You know uh, that like, actually. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I laughed I, at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I mean, I, I enjoyed that, it, but it doesn't. It wasn't giving me a lot else. It wasn't. So I was just like, okay, this kid's funny to me. And like even thing, I wouldn't even call this fan service, but like there's the one shot where it was like Michael just walking down the street and he like sees the woman in the house and he like goes in the back in the back room and you see him stab her and like yeah it's just I think they wanted to do that to be like look he's just like out and about doing his yeah. thing and I, I don't know I, I actually did at that point in the movie I, I, I thought because I recognized the back room from when she was in the first one where she was doing laundry oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Friend, and I was like Jeff he's going through all the houses it's the, the same one. house it's yeah. the same house yeah I just felt like it, there was just I, I hate to even say like oh I expected something more original but it's just it's just so uninteresting to me it's just so underwhelming it was just like oh okay I think here's more Halloween yeah. kinda I think what if you can glean anything from every Halloween Halloween remake Halloween 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 I'm not Halloween okay if you can glean anything from that it's gonna be that. You can't ca- you can't recapture the magic of like an yeah. independent film that's like their shoestring budget. They're all pulling it together out of their asses, and like they have to be smart. Yep. And and John Carpenter's fully invested. Like he wasn't none of the other ones. Like yeah. you have Carpenter as director, who's actually good at his job. And I'm gonna need Ben again, cinematographer. Dean Coondy. Dean Coondy. You have Dean Coondy <laughs> making it look fucking gorgeous. <laughs> Looks yeah. mwah. It does look beautiful, and it's the cinematography. From each of his movies after that, I don't know how far Dean Coonie goes with him. I think he does. I I'm not gonna say all, but he's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, Escape from New York cinematography is awesome. The thing, it's like that's my favorite example of 
cinematography and, of course, practical effects. And there's so much interesting stuff about the guy who did the practical effects was somehow involved in, I think, Halloween 2, the sequel. But he wasn't the practical effects guy. He wasn't even really a practical effects guy. He just, he really wanted to be and was like, let me do this movie. And John Carpenter's like, okay. And he slept in the, he slept in the studio, did the effects all, like, no, he never left the studio, basically. By the end of it, he had pneumonia. He had to go to the hospital. Like, Like, he just totally threw himself into making these creatures. Yeah. Dedication. Dedication, man. He's fucking cool. And I always thought, like, because you would assume it's, like, some popular, like, effects guy, like Rick Baker or something. Like, the guy from Binghamton. Been... Is Rick Baker from Binghamton? Yeah, you guys didn't know no that? Shit. No, shit. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, American Rick... Werewolf in London, baby. Yeah, dude. Yeah. He did the, the, that famous stretching of the face scene in American huh. Werewolf in London is Rick Baker. I had no idea about uh-huh. that. That is super awesome. We've got Amy Sedaris, Rod Serling, and Rick yeah. Baker. Well, Look Sedaris, at us. What's funny about Amy Sedaris slash David Sedaris is they moved to Raleigh after that. I did that. I lived oh, here and then. Oh, the opposite. I'm the same guy. Yeah. No, it wasn't the opposite. It was the oh. exact same. I was born in Cortland. I mean, they were born in Endicott, whatever. And then I moved to Raleigh. And they turned out to be both be like these very witty, funny, Strangers like, writers Strangers and Candy is one of the best and shows got, um, ever. I turned out to be... We got Dio as well. <laughs> Dio's Cortland. Yeah. We'll, t- we'll take Dio. Take yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll take Dio. Yeah, we'll take Dio. Southern tier. Let's push him in. I'm going to go real quick. This is way off topic. And it is an hour away, but fuck it. I'm going to take Earth Crisis, too. They're what? from Syracuse, so oh. I'm taking Earth Crisis. I think we'll take Earth Crisis. <laughs> All right. If we're taking people from Syracuse, then we've got Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah, if you start taking people from Syracuse. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, we are. That's what we're doing. I mean, so. we'll stroke Post back. Malone went to Syracuse for like a year or something. What is he? What is Post Malone? <laughs> Kids, I was subbing for a class, and some kid was like, Post Malone's coming. You like Post Malone, Mr. Colgan? She is. I know it doesn't <laughs> sound like it, but this is a white. This is a little weird white like girl. Like a little southern girl. Yeah, yeah. She talked like that, and she, just Kogan. I feel bad because I'm making fun of a kid. <laughs> I knew this was gonna happen, but anyway, no. She, yeah, I was just like, I don't know who Post Malone is. I don't know. And then I he's felt, then I felt old, man. You know, he's. I know he's a mumble guy, right? So he's got the face Something tattoos. Like <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm These kids today and they're rock and roll. They're 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 yeah. zipping around on their fucking skateboards and their Pac-Man yeah. video games makes me sick. Hoverboards, hoverboards yeah. now. Oh, that's coming. Soon. And they're vaping, blowing vape that's in my not. face while I'm sucking. <laughs> they're always doing that. Spinners, just like fuck you, Mr. Corgan. Unless you have all metal underneath you and you have magnets, that's it. Yeah. Uh. Oh, you're talking about those like the real, hoverboards, real hoverboards. Yeah, yeah. real hoverboards. The, the, <laughs> The, uh, you have skate parts or whatever that are all du- magnets. The Dubai like police force have those hover bikes. They're not, yeah, but they're they're, I, they're, they're fans, right? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. They're, they're if you want to call those, if you want to call those hover bikes, then sure, or whatever, like hoverboard. Are, are it's a hovercraft. Hover yeah, it's a hovercraft. I'm saying if you want to have a, sure. hmm. it's basically a drone. Mm-hmm. So you stand on. It's a drone. It's just anyway. a drone. It's a not drone. Sorry. It's not. It's not Back to the Future status. It's a pit, pit bull or a pit bull. Yeah. You can't bull now. If you have a if you have a board bull. and then you have like the green goblin board. Oh yeah, he has one. That's like a little rocket yeah. booster thing. If That's you have a board and you have four fans on it, you can't really maneuver the same way that you can. Like in yeah, and, you, know, you watch those people are just like, oh fuck. Yeah. Like, maybe if we'll like evolve our bodies to be more elastic or something. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Like our spinal cords will become these like sea legs. Sea legs. There's a word for that. Sea like, legs. I'm trying to go look like. Uh, Probably, if you want to make it more practical, you need like a stand, like you would on a gyroscope. Scooter. Human like gyroscope a scooter, spine. You know? Like a, you yeah. know the stand on scooters. 
Yeah. You need something like that. They so do, that's, but that's the thing. They do it twice in Back to the Future. In the first one, it's like, a, that's how he gets a skateboard in the 50s. He just rips it off and he's like, I invented the skateboard. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. Although it was probably around in California at the time. And then the next one, the little girl is like riding around on her board and he's like, stick. <laughs> don't need that. And then oh, the, he does that? In yeah. That one? And then okay, the little girl gets that. a pit bull. She says, I got a pit bull now. Yeah. Hoverboards. That were way off Halloween. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back in the future. Come on. There is there is a, a hoverboard, that, but it uses like um, wheels. No, no, no. It uses. <laughs> it's not a hoverboard, Mark. <laughs> no, those are called hoverboards. The things with the wheels that people ride around on. No, that's those are called hoverboards. Those aren't called hoverboards. They're called hoverboards. Okay, there's another word for it that most people use, and anyways, it's not what I'm talking about. It's not hovering. So. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, whatever. Fine, sure. It's called okay. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about. There's one that uses um, uh, what's Air? it called? No, um, when you freeze something to like absolute zero or close to it, well, we can't get. Frozen. We can't get to absolute. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about. You can. It's like a superconducting material. Anyways, uh, graphene. No, there's. Anyways, there's something. There is something that there. Okay. This is off topic, okay. But like, there is okay. So there is there is something where you take um, it's like okay, they freeze something. It, it's really it's really frozen. It's like really frozen matter, right? That's not practical. You're not gonna be able to use that for too long. But you can kind of float. And then the but then what's really cool is this is this is a guy who made something, and it just fucking it it you have to be like over a lake or something or some body of water and there's a pipe there's like a, yep. a hose and it just it, it sucks up water and it just shoots okay. the fucking water down I've it seen floats that around. I like that, that. that's fucking that's really cool fun. but we have Ben for a limited amount of time I'm gonna ask Ben some questions do it okay so Ben's, Ben makes experimental films I've seen some of them on Vimeo on the Vimeo your Vimeo is Bleak Productions so that's, that's probably what people can how find how do you they, spell that I don't know I, I mean Vimeo? Bleak, like, it's, like, it's like Bleak with an L. B-L-E-A-K. P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-O-N-S. Mark, stop looking at me. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. All right, so. Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's we. I've watched some of them. I think Jeff has watched some of them. And let's, I'm just going to list the ones that we definitely watched. So there was Coward. We watched. You want, I don't I don't know. Do you want to talk about that a little? So it's like stroboscopic. You had the black and white photographs yeah. and it kind of. It was like the, pro- I'm, I'm okay. This is fucked up, but I'm just gonna ask you some questions. Okay, first this of all, fucked up. This is fucked up. But Ben, can you take your clothes off? Ah, uh, sure. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Now, now that I'm comfortable. Okay, so for coward, like the processing, you had like this. Was that film? Uh, no, those were all uh, still images that I printed out and then just rescanned them into my computer. Okay. Yep. So it was all just like a. So is that what you use primarily? Is digital video or? Mostly digital video. I have shot uh, 16 millimeter, but I don't shoot film anymore. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, most of my stuff is uh, video. Yep. Right. Okay. So you're in the you're in the BU film program, right? Yep. So I was excellent film program. It, it is really cool. I was not in it, but I was around, I was near it because I was in the English program and I like movies, so I'd just show up. And they would, you, we'd see a lot of cool stuff. Like you mentioned, you like Stan Brakhage. I saw Stan Brakhage definitely in yeah. a lot of your stuff. He was my absolute. I can't. I, I cannot get enough of him. I could talk days on days. I actually just recently got my second uh, tattoo by Brakhage. His title from oh, nice. from oh, wow. Dog Star Man. We just watched Dog Star Man today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because nice. I, I had to 
shows you guys some brackets. Yeah, compare I, I and we watched Window Water Baby. Ah, oh, great film. Because I wanted to scare Jeff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. cannot <laughs> watch that shit. <laughs> My no. favorite film of his is Anticipation of the Night, which luckily I got to see at BU a film print of it, and I actually just recently found a copy of it on Blu-ray, and it hadn't been released to home video since VHS, and I have a VHS copy of it, but it's all French. But well, they're French releases. Anyway, uh, yeah, I can't. I can talk days and days about Stan Brakhage and how influential he is to me, and just. I mean, there, there is no better than Stan Brakhage. There's none. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, Stan Brakhage is definitely amazing, and like I don't well, but like Window Water Baby moving, it's a lot easier to to figure out what's going on. There's like almost a narrative that yeah. you can kind of it's, cling to if that's what you need, which yeah. I kind of, I kind of do a lot of times. But I also like to I also like to get meditative and space out and watch the other kinds of stuff, which your stuff definitely lends itself to that. Like uh, modus de- modus determinant was that yes. is that what it was called? That was cool. Dystroboscopic, like okay. So what Jeff was and that? I, uh, was that? Uh, did you record that off off of a CRT or did you do that from uh, like an LED screen? I recorded it off of a CRT TV. Okay. Yep. I was wondering about that because you can see the like the very the pixel the pixels of yeah. each of each node i yeah. guess that's what i liked about a couple of them was like there was like this yeah. sketchy vibe coming from the pixelation yeah which just made me feel i like right i like very organic things. and mean <laughs> it's just like i don't know we talked a little about runes and pni but you like crust and so that definitely there's like an there's a crust aesthetic going on there it's just Thank like you. how crust makes you feel Kind of dirty inside, but so good. This, yeah. this definitely has that. Like I, that's what attracted me to Crust because I like to feel, I like to feel dirty. I think that's what first attracted me to David Lynch, by the way. Eraserhead made me mm-hmm. feel dirty, but yeah. also so good because I want to <laughs> feel dirty. Yeah. But so so how did you get into like Crust and maybe punk generally? Or um, well, I can tell you uh, how I got into punk was I had like a. I'll kind of I'll go through how I got into punk, but I'll get into crust punk more quicker um, because that's the better stuff. But I remember I had like a a a rock. I think it was like Rockabilia, like that some catalog where you could buy shirts. And Mm -hmm. the first, actually, real quick, sorry. Let's go way back. Okay. When I was in like fifth grade, so about nine or ten. A friend of mine was a big goth rock kid, so he got me to goth rock. But at the same time, he was it made, like proper goth rock, like yeah, like Bohas and like yeah. Okay. And well, then how like, old were you? Uh, like nine or ten. So he got me into that. <laughs> oh, shit. I've never heard of that till I was like yeah, eighteen. <laughs> he got me into that and and some really bad goth rock like that I don't listen to anymore. But at the same time, he's like this song aptly titled Halloween is by this band called The Misfits. Oh yeah. So he showed me The Misfits and Danzig. So. Technically, the Misfits were the first punk band I ever heard, but I wouldn't call that my introduction to punk as I wasn't... But my So I consider my introduction to punk... Um, at this point, I was in 8th grade, 7th or 8th grade. So at this point, we knew you. Mm-hmm. Yes. You were a grade below us. Yes. Is that right? Um, Metal Jeff with the Chains. Yep, Metal Jeff mm-hmm. with the Chains. Um, and I had this Rockabilia <laughs> magazine, and they just sell like band shirts and whatnot. And there was a logo of this skull with a mohawk. I was like, I gotta 
find out that band is that exploited probably yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah sadly so I went home some goofy and shit but yeah I listened to it as well at that age so yeah, yeah, I, yeah I downloaded the first song I because I liked the title I was on Kazaa Sex and Violence oh Kazaa was such now, a good program sadly no my the first no, track that I downloaded like was Massacre of Innocence oh, I that's I one of their later songs but I was like boom I was like this is so fast and intense and Whatever. So okay, let's skip the like the, the shitty, shitty, the shitty noise punk. Terror. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had been into punk. I was listening, you know, dis- the Distillers and Against Me and whatnot. Um, but the the band that absolutely changed my life completely politicized me too. Because when I got into punk, I wasn't political. I was just like, ah, oh, you know, I'm just, angry, you know, yeah. whatever. But the band that politicized me absolutely, and to this day, has the biggest influence on my politics as an anarchist. And just in general is crass. Sorry, okay. Glad um, you said crass because if you didn't, I was gonna be like, no, crass. Oh, is, I thought you were gonna say crass. I got my, yeah, my love crass. crass. There. It's, a, it's such a beautiful, it's a beautiful symbol too. You absolutely. I used beautiful. to have the, the shirt, the fight worn out wars, and it, yeah. it would just get more crass like as the years went by because the yeah. holes and. I oh, actually, again, I'm I am such a goddamn. I hate saying I'm a fanboy, but I'm guess I'm a fanboy, but. I actually wrote a letter to Penny, and he actually Penny got back Rimbaugh? to me. Yep. Is that okay? Because you have that video, Rimbaud Three, yep. which is a uh, Rambo Three. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that a reference to Kind of, yeah. Rimbaud? Okay. <laughs> and because I, I, li- I like that, I like that one. And, and I wanted to see if people would like pronounce it correctly to know, because like I don't know you're, how to you're watching it. <laughs> Rambo Three, but it's but like if you were to say his name phonetically, it's, but yeah, Rim- Rimbaud or yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a, a play on that. But yeah, he actually like sent me a letter back, and that's actually how I found out about the I call him like an art punk band Japanther because he told me about Japanther. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> yeah, I was that's but, um, a great name. Yeah. But um, that's a great name. <laughs> so yeah, once I was introduced, once I found Crass, which I am proud to say I did find myself again through Kazaa, but Crass politicized me, and then from anarcho punk, you know, rudimentary peni. Uh, Amoebics. Yeah, then, oh, yeah. yeah, then just the floodgates of crust punk opened up. Uh, my all-time favorite crust punk band uh, is Nausea. Oh, Nausea. Um, hey. Speaking of shirts, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, had, had, I had a Nausea shirt, the Godless shirt with the Jesus Christ hanging yep, upside down on a, on a chain. The piece cyber on. God. I just yep. love... Oh, <laughs> cyber God. Yeah. Yeah, I just love... I would buy shirts based on, like, my mom's face when she saw me wearing them. Like, <laughs> this one's a fucking keeper. Yeah. Man. <laughs> um, but just... To this day, I mean, I my my musical tendencies, like I've definitely branched out, but it's all relatively in the the extreme genre of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I always, to me, crust punk is that's my my like lifeblood music. Like that yeah. is just the purest form of what punk should be. I mean, I guess I'm hypocritical because I'm not homeless. I'm not a hobo riding the rails, which I guess. But I have the utmost respect for people who are like literally like yeah I ride the rails. Well, are you yeah. a left anarchist, anarchist or a right anarchist? Uh, <laughs> a anarchist or a lanarchist? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that I could I could go on for a long time too about anarchism, but uh, yeah. um, I would like if we would stick t- t- to the music and yeah, movies. Yeah, if yeah. it's okay with everybody else. No, that's that's fine. Um, but yeah, I just. Crest Punk just really spoke to me. I think it has the truest ideals of what an anarchist society and just what punk... It has everything that punk should be. It's no frills. It's, you know... And it's funny because it's, it's... The whole point of Crest Punk is it's a combination of punk and metal. And even though I listen to a lot of extreme forms of metal, I don't like metal. I don't really like metalhead 
culture, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, um, because, uh, well, if they're you a com- little bro-y. Not, I like a lot of metal, yeah. but if you compare, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cult, yeah, if you could, yeah, okay. So if, compared to like crust culture, which is about you know, there's. I really like the blackened crust. Yeah. Oh the, yeah. Like yeah. whiskey ritual and like middling age dark yeah. throne is just so good. I oh yeah. And then, I mean, black metal. Is, yeah. I love. I'm huge into black metal. It's an easy transition from disaster. Yeah, oh, the one man yep. disaster. I've actually him been, and Leviathan. Are, I've mm-hmm. actually been. I'm in. I've been in correspondence with both of them really? for a long time now, and what? I'm like very proud of that. Yeah, because that's I, awesome. I made stencils of them, and I contacted them, and it's very like. I, I'm they talk a, to people. Yeah, surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if you found out these are like nice guys. Zaster <laughs> <laughs> is harder to to talk to, but yeah, um, but to like be talking to these people that have been so influential to me has been like very like moving and like I'm just so honored by it like again we were talking earlier I've like talked to Sun yeah. and like I'm in correspondence with Jeff from Leviathan and Scott Zeths or like it's fucking wild to think like here I am just this kid like in Binghamton New York like but then again obviously I don't like the whole like idols thing yeah they're just human beings right. too I mean but when they're an artist that you revere, it's you get that kind of yeah. cele- or not celebrity, but you're like, whoa, dude, you're fucking yeah, no. this fucking especially dude. Son Stephen O'Malley from Son. I just love yeah. him. And obviously, Mandy. The, yeah, the, 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 I mean, he did, I mean, maybe he didn't really do that much on Mandy, but he def- there were definitely the like walking into the church scene. I believe the Chainsaw Battle had some Stephen O'Malley riffage going on there. Yeah, yeah, him and. Was it Greg Anderson? Yep. Yeah, their just Son is amazing. Son just, is fucking incredible. I think that's my favorite scene from that movie. Is it? And just like never him really walking into it, like mm-hmm. visually, like oh, yeah, him walking into, into the, it, and it's got the cross, and then it's oh, just, yeah. you have the drone metal. Yeah. When when I explain like sun to people, or when I first describe sun to people, I say this: like I don't believe in hell, but if hell existed, it would be a cold, damp cave with sun playing, <laughs> like the highest volume. Like it sounds like enjoyable. Though. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, exactly. I mean, I mean for like. Me. You're like average person, like that would just be Ew. terrifying. It's just like, but yeah, I, that would be. Uh, sun is so good. They're amazing. So Definitely. good. Do you like, uh, do you like Boris at all? Oh yeah, Boris yeah. is a yeah. love. Hell yeah. love Boris. We saw. Did we all see Boris together? I, I saw yeah, Boris. Me. I did not yeah. see. I was there. You. Yeah. I saw Jeff Boris in 2008 in New York City, hey. and we were right up next to the stage. Like, literally, um, Takeshi was right in front of me, mm-hmm. and it was I. I use this word cute, but it was so cute. He was setting up his like pedal board and this guy comes up and he's like, dude, I saw you in yada, yada, yada. And Takeshi, cause obviously English is not their native language. Oh, real quick before the tangent, they like walked right past me. Like they were going somewhere. And I literally was like, oh, like <laughs> anyway. So the guy was like, I saw you in this city. And Takeshi was like, I remember. And it was just, it was so oh, cute. That's nice. Like, because he remembered, but like, he, he, it sounded so not infantile, but you know what I mean. Like, it was just like, wow, that's and, yeah. and the show was so fucking heavy. Uh, Torch played with them, and they were also heavy. But yeah, Boris is fucking yeah, amazing. They're amazing. We saw the tour where they were. Probably. It was pink. It was a pink. Uh, some. Oh, yeah, it was pink. Nice. Yeah. And, or it was pink. They played. Was pink. it the tenth anniversary oh. or something of pink? And yeah, they played pink straight through. Farewell. Was awesome. was really Farewell awesome. is an amazing yeah. song. Probably it's one of the very, best like, shows amazing, I've ever seen very live. Good song. Yeah, that was, really awesome. that was. I think my ears I've, were bleeding. I've seen Amoebix live, and they were amazing as 
see it's a tie between Amoebics and Boris for the best shows I've ever seen I would say Amoebics just because they were crust and it's Amoebics and I can't believe I got to say mm-hmm. that I saw Amoebics but where'd you see them at? Uh, in Philadelphia in 2009 um, no. they did a, an Arise tour they were really good But what, what venue was it? I'm um, curious the Trocadero. I don't know. Yeah. We, went to, we went and saw Boris there, and then Andy and I went to go see Helms Ali there. Mm. But it was two different. There's the Union Transfer, that big ass place. Oh, yeah. There's the I just saw Godspeed there in mm-hmm. February, mm-hmm. last February. And I saw them like two years ago at Union Transfer. Yeah, I thought we were going back to that venue when we went to go see Helms Ali, and we showed up, and there was nobody at the venue. I was like, fuck, man. That's a good venue. I was like yeah. happy with that yeah, venue for the most part. And that's another one I can't believe I've seen godspeed not only once but twice that is a fucking experience <laughs> dude i uh, yeah oh um yeah they played recently in philly is that where you went i saw yeah in february i saw them in philly yeah was I, wanted in march. To, I wanted to go there i didn't i didn't go I, I mean godspeed uh i wouldn't even say they're one of my like all-time favorite bands but they they are like they're fucking incredible but I defy anyone to listen to Godspeed and you don't have to be into post-rock or whatever. You you may not like their music, but I defy anyone to listen to that or see them live and not realize like the amount of what we've been talking about almost this entire conversation, like dedication and like authenticity. Yeah. Like you cannot be not moved by Godspeed in in some way. Like Yeah. I, I, think, was, I mean, I think they're very. I, I was in a trance the entire time. I'm not too time. familiar with it's got speedy black emperor. Yeah, okay, I'm not. I'm just not that familiar. I they're, you they're, two are, so it's good. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think they're. I think they're. You know, they're not just post rock like they have, like typical post rock yeah. or something. Maybe you know, like I think they're original. They're very. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know. In fact, I've always said like an amazing show would be Sun and Godspeed together. Yeah. Holy fuck! Because Godspeed is it, they're not like Sun because they're they're not drone and they're more there's like violence it's more like i don't want to say lighthearted because it's very serious very emotional well, it's, stuff it's, it's it'd be well, a perfect marriage of yeah, like yeah. drone metal and yeah what i God's agree with that does. man it'd yeah, be yeah, an amazing yeah. fucking it's lighter as, ter- as terms of distortion yeah there we go you know? yeah emotionally it's just as heavy yeah. but yeah in fact we should pitch that let's get a we should fucking going. pitch that man sun and god send them a tweet or something man god that'd be a fucking great Godspeed you, Sunperer. 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 That's like, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. Play uh, on Sun Amps and Emperor Caps. Um, that could be fine too. Yeah. Get them to finance it. Emperor <laughs> yeah. Caps doesn't sun, exist anymore. Wait, sun, sun Speed You Emperor. There we go. You Emperor. But, like, you. Um, but yeah, Crust Punk to me has just always been. And again, that's the other thing that I love about Crust Punk that it, is that it's had a staying effect with me where. I'll go off into like moments where I'm like I've been listening to a lot of folk punk or I've been I I went through a jazz phase. Um, I'm not the biggest fan, but I've been you know I want to explore mm-hmm. these other genres, but it, it always comes back to crust punk, and I'm just like mm. this is it. Like this, mm. I have three criteria for what makes good music for me. What has to be make it legitimately good music? It has to be honest, intense, and have integrity. And crust punk has all three of those things. There are other genres that have mm. those things for mm. me as well but yeah crust punk is just i fucking it fuels me man i mm-hmm. fucking love crust punk and again i can talk about crass and all these other crust punk bands and not the crust all the like surrounding genres right. of crust right. punk it's like crust is like anarcho and yeah and yeah antisect and hex mm-hmm. grinder and gizm and all these all these fucking bands just opened a world of like of reality to me because again like before that I was listening to The Exploited and 
Well, yeah, other so than it's other than a much more like cookie cutter version of yeah. of that. It's, well, I, I mean, yeah, I think yeah, I guess that'd be a good yeah. way to put it. And and nowadays, like I actually look back and uh, like when I was really into the Distillers, I still find them to be an enjoyable band, and I can still listen to them. But oh yeah, I remember like really like liking this. But to me, it's not as maybe because it's not overtly as political. I guess mm-hmm. I like when it's very political and. Yeah. Um, so like a lot of the earlier punk bands that I'm sure a lot of kids got into were not well fuck the Sex Pistols but yeah it was just it was kind of more like yeah we're just kind of angry kids and yeah what do angry kids listen to punk music <laughs> and then some metal and yeah. probably and I mean think of Operation Ivy and they were they were not very angry but they were not very they were still angry in but they were I remember when relatively everyone loved political. Operation yeah. Ivy I was never into Operation Ivy or Rancid Nah, well, funny question. They're the same band, but they're. Yeah. I never considered them. They got the one Tim Armstrong's. Funny or interesting factoid that ties a lot of this in in one story. When I was in New York City in 2008 to go see Boris, uh, my friend and I, we were walking out of a store, I believe, called Seek and Destroy, which was literally like, hey, we're going to take all these punk garments and. Mark them up, and idiot poser punks are gonna buy them for obscene amounts of money. It's like, um, what's that store in the mall? Like Hot Topic, kind of. Yeah, yeah it, was, <laughs> it was essentially like that type of deal. And I was walking out, and I had my punk vest on, all studded up, and I had a giant crass back patch on. And we're just walking down the street, and it had to have been like three blocks away. This kid yells, and obviously, this is New York City, so there's a million people there. He yells, Crass sucks, you fucking hippie. Which I thought was hilarious because, yeah, they essentially were hippies. I mean, they were anarchists, but yeah, they were. But then I turn on, the kid's wearing a rancid shirt, and I'm like, oh, jeez. You're. <laughs> you're <laughs> having a real conversation yeah. with somebody, you turn around, you expect he has like, some political point of view. Uh, okay. just like, oh, he likes fucking rancid. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, even then, I was like, well, you're fucking. You have no idea what punk is, then, if you're fucking. Uh. But so, yeah, an interesting, like, Boris. Crass, rains, all these. That's kind of interesting little <laughs> tied together story. Okay, do you see that as like connecting to the the work you do visually? Do you? Because I mean, I I think there's visually? there's an aesthetic there, but if do you even think about that at all? Or um, I've actually never really thought of it that way, but like kind of thinking of it in that context in a perspective, I can see it because I do. I very much enjoy textures of things. Uh, and capturing textures in film and video and as we were saying with crust um, you know it is very I mean even just the word is very you you feel that grain you feel you know you see them and they're all dirty so I think there is almost like a maybe subconscious like textural fetish almost to it certain being Um, attracted to certain things yeah just happen to line up it's very and crust punk again I mean punk was always very outlandish but to me, crust punk, uh, that was another thing. It was very very visual, you know, the bullet belts and the dirtiness and the dreadlocks and unkemptness. It's a very visual way to, I guess, rebel or, you know, stand out, um, which has, is problematic in some senses. But, um, yeah, I guess uh, in my film work, yeah, I'm just very drawn to very stark imagery and, and textures and whatnot. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, yeah, it does say on your Vimeo that you explore bleakness. And yeah, I, and that's I, another, I, yeah, cross punk is, that's despair, a mean political... Despair, humanity, deterioration. Yep. But that's, you know, that's the same visual 
that's like a, a visual equation to what you would get from like sun. Yep. That feeling of like desperation and just yeah, it's yeah. definitely it's definitely there. Absolutely. Yeah. So, is there anything you're working on now or interested in at the moment? Um. I've been like working on some video ideas. What I really wanted to do is work on video installations. I've done them in the mm -hmm. past, and they're I feel I feel like they're the next logical step for experimental film, or like it's the next best thing. Definitely. Um, so I've been trying to work on some ideas with that, but I've really taken a back seat on my film work, and I've been working mm -hmm. on a lot of like stencils mm -hmm. and uh, my skateboard company. So I, I feel kind of bad that I've. I haven't been doing much. I did the, mm -hmm. the two films earlier this year. I'd like to do more because um, film work for me is very therapeutic. It's mm -hmm. how I kind of, ironically, using you know experimental film, which is abstract. That's the best. That's the best way I can express myself is in the most abstract way. But I think that's important, um, and I think that's what's important about experimental film or avant-garde cinema. When I when I talk to people about it who are unfamiliar or if I show them some pieces and I can understand not enjoying it or not getting it. But I feel like what's interesting about avant-garde cinema is even though like I may, like my films obviously to me, all, they all have meaning. I know what I, I'm trying to say, but it's more about the audience being engaged and having the audience either interpret it or just, you know, how does it make the audience feel? Like I've had, I've shown my work and I've had people tell me things like oh I felt this is this were you trying to say this with this and it's like even, even if it's not it's like well it's awesome I think it's awesome when a viewer can come away with something that I didn't even intend by it mm -hmm. so yeah it's, I think obviously most cinema narrative cinema obviously it's passive it's like okay here's your character here's the plot here's what needs to happen for the character to change here's you know we're going to use music and we're going to use all these things to kind of guide you in, as to how you're supposed to feel about these situations whereas avant-garde cinema because there's a lack of that you're forced to either confront that or just tune out entirely but you're forced to kind of engage with it mm -hmm. and I think that's what's the best about it I disengaged it. with that birthing part of it <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to see that that doesn't shit. bother me so much ever since they showed it to us like in health class like yeah, that, mean, that, that time it like, freaked me out. That was the first time I ever seen a lot. I just want to see some nice woman's well, for vagina my, being collapsed. This nice yeah, woman's poor vagina. That, by when I first saw kid. it, I was like, I remember in health class, it's like, oh, yeah, I don't want to see it. That poor little like, vagina, dude. The thing is, like, maybe it's... It, that's, it happens all the time. Like I know. That's like, life, buddy. I, it's like, you kind of... Not my like, kid, though. He was cut out, and they got me too late. They forgot that I existed. And they called me in late, and they'd already like cut her open. They're supposed to. Really? I'm, I'm oh, supposed to be shit. behind. I'm supposed to be behind. <laughs> really? open. Wait, no, not see it. No, they you didn't see cesarean section. No, I, I did when my kid was born cesarean. Section. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were talking about the health. No, no, you're, I was, you're supposed to be behind the curtain with your. Uh, I guess maybe because we, we were young or whatever, they were like, maybe she's a single mom, maybe there isn't a guy. They're like, oh shit, there is a guy. Go get the guy. <laughs> and they should already go get him. And like they're pulling my arm back, and I'm like, well, look down inside or something. I'm just like, fuck, dude. Like on film, I could probably deal with that. See, that's something I would like. You saw like, his body like, works. That movie, and I was like, yeah. okay, I'm gonna, you know, um, willfully bring my attention to this, just because mm -hmm. I'm gonna 
look at it. It's, it's weird. It's like kind of like you, you want to look at it, but it's like it's also in a certain sense we're like removed from it. Like back, you know, humans used to be more like inclined. Like yeah. you, you would see that thing. You would mm-hmm. see that thing going on. Yeah, society's pretty structured. It's like, like how we don't see fucking animals like being that. killed yeah. that we yeah. eat all the time. You know, we're like removed from it. So it's like um, yeah, that's no, it's, yeah, it's a very deliberate way to structure. I don't know if it's entirely deliberate, but. That's just the way things are. Well, it's the thing is, yeah, people don't want to see that. They don't want to, they don't want to see animals being killed and shit. But, but it's like, why don't you just, why don't you like bring, be like, just on a certain like level of principle, it's like, no, I'm going to witness this, you know? Yeah. You bear witness, that's the term. Like sure. the idea of bearing witness. Witness it. Like, well, to there's, you engage know, my humanity or something. Certain. Or, and my, or animal something, physical, physicality or something. And, it's, and, and, to, and to use window water baby moving as an example, you're witnessing life, and uh, through preservation and whatnot, this life is being captured forever again. I mean, because that child is going to die, and Stan Brackett is dead. Um, I believe I don't. No, I don't think his that that was his first wife. I think she's still alive. But in a weird way, it is capture. It's preserving a life of a life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what film does. It preserves something. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting kind of. Like a capturing of that too, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Preserving that moment of birth or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. The yeah, the only just the only thing of like of your stuff when I was looking through that there actually was an explanation. It was the Oscang material. Yes. Yeah, because that was and that was your uh, wasn't that your like final was that your final that, project for your bachelor's or um I got lazy and I didn't do a student thesis, but I would consider that my thesis film. Okay. That was my yeah, that was my final film from my bachelor's right. degree, and that was the one that I put. I don't want to say my most effort, in, but that is the most honest film I made. That and Coward, I think, are the most honest pieces of film I've made. Um, okay. um, I'm, I'm going to ask you to ex- explain the Coward part, but I can definitely see it as far as Oscar material because we're using home look home videos. And these are home videos of yourself, or yep. and okay, so yeah, and just but and again, you're filming a TV screen, okay. So then this it actually said it was dedicated to your mom, and it was about mem or about de- the degradation of memory. Yep, um, yeah. it's because the the home video that it, that mo- most of it is there's uh, it's a video of. M- me as a toddler at a park, I believe out in Conklin. I don't even know if the park's still there. But like Schnurbush? I think it might have been Schnurbush, yeah. which is still there. Mm-hmm. Um The disc golf course, right? Yeah, I don't know if they have one. Yeah, I don't I think don't so. No. It's just like no? in the middle of Conklin near Snurbush Park. But um I grew up watching this video but obviously because I was a toddler, I don't have any memory of the actual occurrence of it. I just have this videotape of the memory. So that really intrigued me that it's kind of a manufactured memory. It's like, like stand-in for memory. Yeah. Can, yeah. And then I refilmed it on a TV and completely dist- – you're obviously not seeing the full frame of the video. I'm, I'm zoomed in on certain sections, and I'm cre- manufacturing a whole new – construction of this memory of a memory um and it's just i found this to be a fascinating way of coping with the fact that i don't remember this i only remember it in a certain way and now hopefully this will be a new way of remembering it and also kind of showing the artifice of memory or not artifice but 
we can change our memories. We mm-hmm. can convince ourselves into thinking like, oh yeah, I, I think that happened. Yeah, entire and, cultures do that. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So that that was kind of the the thought behind that, and I dedicated it to my my mother because um, she her voice is the only other well. There's what was that voice in the beginning? There's like a, it seems like it's. I don't know if it's on the video or not. Um, there's the other, the only other video that's shot in there is when I was uh, a little kid um, at Blockbuster. They did this thing called Kid Vid, which like they, they <laughs> that sounds they, terrible. They, yeah. they, it was they like they interview for in case if you're ever like kidnapped. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're like, what's your name? What do you do this? And so in that that video, the guy's like, where do you live? Oh, you like Star Wars? Who's your favorite character in Star Wars? So like that's the male voice in there. So there's only that, and then there's voice of me as a toddler, and I don't answer any of his questions, and then my mom's voice, and I dedicated it to my mother because there's not many. That's our only home video of me and her. Um, Is and it because you rented a video camera at one point. When I was a kid, we had yeah, you could rent even, a video camera from the video store, and we did that like yeah, once. Yeah, I should actually ask my mom. I don't. Yeah, I don't even think it was a rented video. I, maybe it was her friends, but. I think it's like interesting that we didn't like we have photos together, but home video was not a thing. Like, oh Ben's it's Ben's birthday, let's film mm-hmm. his fifth birth. I don't have any of that. Um, and I remember even as a kid watching this video, being really there's like a scene that you don't see in the movie because I distorted it, but where my mom walks off frame, and that always terrified me as like a. I don't know about abandonment issues, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know who my father is, so I abandonment mm-hmm. issues. But, right. Uh, but I dedicated it to her because of it's really the only visual thing I have of her and I that I can't remember other than certain pictures. But I, yeah, I just felt it was a very personal like exorcism for me. And the same with Coward. Coward was also a very uh, me confronting myself who I was when I, those photos, um, who I was then compared to who I am now, even though that film is two years old now, but I'm a much different person than I was then. Um, And the reason why it's called Coward is because I am a coward uh, and I recognize that in myself, but I I don't like that. I don't want to be a coward, but it's about me uh, confronting these things about my personality that I'm ashamed of, who I used to be, and trying to move past that and work and better myself but this is kind of just a a slam against who I was then and that's where the paint comes in as kind mm-hmm. of um I, I guess I'll just throw it out and I'll be that fucking guy but I'm I'm vegan so it was very much a very much like throwing paint on someone wearing right. fur or something but on film or whatever um but yeah, it's just a confrontation of the self and recognizing who I am, my flaws, and how I want to try and change and maybe through cinema or through this medium trying to get rid of that, that negative self that I feel that I have inside mm-hmm. of me. So do you think this is like what you use film for or is it just this particular thing or is this just... you think film is a good mode for you to confront that? Film I- is... For me, it is the ultimate mode for me to express and yet therapize, therapize right. myself and try to, you I know. mean, 
Yeah. No. Express. Yeah. There's because there's the thing. Where, I mean, when you see yourself on video or hear yourself on audio, there's the immediate like recoiling. Yep. You have to get fact, used to it. Yeah. You probably never really get used to it. Yeah. In fact, uh, I'm sure when I listen to this podcast, I'm gonna cringe. I'm like, oh god. Oh yeah. No. I, uh, I mean, not I, as much as me. Uh, or, yeah, <laughs> all of us do that. I mean, I get used, used to, it. to it. I yeah. think I might have like a pathological problem because I don't. I feel like I don't do it as much as I'm supposed to, or it's definitely not as much as I used well, to. No, you get used to it. Eventually, yeah, you just, if you um, do, you think that numb to it because yeah. the thing, yeah, you're not like used what to you're saying. To do you think right. you're skateboarding? You yourself, you're because like, I noticed you make a lot of skateboarding I videos. I, I think I you know the way you present um, yourself to other people, but then it's like yeah. skateboarding. Yeah, sounds you accept it. Interesting for it. me because when I got yeah. into skateboarding, I was at a very low point in my life, um, and some of my films reflect that at that period. But skateboarding for me. I fucking wish I got into skateboarding when I was younger because I'd be halfway mediocre. Yeah, I'd be halfway mediocre at it now. But skateboarding, maybe well, not though. I did it like every day, practiced really hard, and never got. <laughs> like, and just one day I was like, "Fuck this!" But you're still doing it, so that's yeah. you know, it's um, fun. Whereas film is therapeutic for me, skateboarding is ultimate joy. The way I describe that to people, for me, skateboarding is my zen. That's what gives me just mm-hmm. complete peace and happiness, mostly because during my life, every single day, I'm a very paranoid and pessimistic person, and I'm always thinking a million things. But with skateboarding, I can be completely focused because I don't want to hurt myself. I mean, you're going to hurt yourself. Skateboarding is inevitable. Mm-hmm. You yeah. just but, blank your mind yeah. and it's you and the board. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So skateboarding is the is absolute peace and zen for me, and I'm so thankful to have found skateboarding because it gives me utmost happiness whereas film makes me happy and you know making yeah. films makes me happy but making films is yeah more of a therapeutic expression right. and it's still about but it's still there's a final product to be yeah. considered the whole time whereas yep. with skateboarding it's just about total process yep. and it's interesting making skateboarding videos um, I'm not I don't want to say I'm like oh I'm the best skateboard filmer or making I've made several for my company but I think I bring an interesting aspect to it because I'm coming from that world of experimental film which is much different than I mean we've obviously we've all seen skate or just videos somebody like, oh yeah love yeah, it it's very I love like, skate, I think skate a video. lot of the reason I got into skating was like as soon as I started skating I started seeing like Welcome to Hell and, yeah yeah and that just made me like I like the videos more than anything yeah and I almost like part of me I think probably wished like I wish I didn't have to skate and should just watch these and not be looked at as a dickhead and, but like I was like I gotta skate just so I can watch these videos and participate in this culture <laughs> I think is really great you know? <laughs> but but yeah I, I feel like I bring an interesting aspect coming from an art world filming skateboarding instead of I know a lot of people grew up filming skateboarding and like you have someone like Spike Jones who that's right. how he got his thing and I mean Spike Jones is phenomenal but I think it's an interesting the, the two worlds they are starting to combine a little bit like you have Will Strobeck who he's a skate filmer but he's very artistic and you have yeah. Spike Jones who he's very cinematic but in general a skateboard video is just trick 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 bail you know it's very linear but it's interesting to see these two worlds that are not so disparate kind of start to mm-hmm. you know it makes align. a lot of sense yeah. especially i mean yeah especially with spike jones yeah but yeah i just love I love adaptation. That's like my, one of my favorite things that he's done, and that was like an early recognition of like Nick Cage's potential. <laughs> yeah. Like what? Or I mean, there was probably a gap where people were like, <laughs> "All he can do is be an idiot," and like. Yeah. And then he came back for adaptation. And like, wow, he can play Charlie Kaufman really well and be a kind of miserable, sad sack. And now he's in Mandy, and he can do yeah. that really well. But. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that out of nowhere? Just no. Kind of pop- popped out. Just popped right out of there. Sorry. 
but yeah. So uh, what were you? Okay, so like, what's some of like the newer movies that you're into? Like, I know you, I know you liked Mandy and. Uh, uh, Mandy was good. Oh, so again, I'm a goddamn fanboy. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is my favorite actor and my favorite modern actor. He's definitely done some shit, but over the last like over ten years. He was only in one bad movie, and that was Irrational Man, which was a Woody Allen film, and I don't like Woody Allen. But anyway, um, like I loved her. Hers one of my perfect films, The Master. Yeah, I'm the not, Master's amazing. Uh, I'm not here. I'm still here. But his new. His, I, I loved. I'm well, still well, here. Yeah, I'm still here. Was a lot of fun. I'm I still not it. sure what to make of it even now. I mean, I loved it. People hated it, but I I think it's because they were they were bamboozled by it. He got them. Yeah. Him and Casey Affleck fooled everyone. Yeah, so that's it was very like, like no, Andy, yeah. It's like an Andy Kaufman style yeah. like joke. Like yeah. it's the long running yes. joke. He go on all the shows as yeah. the character and yeah. Um, but like his, everybody thought he had like lost, fucking shit. lost yeah. it and like. And, and he almost played into like a real trope though doing that it was like you know the, the actor who loses his mind is like maybe Dennis Hopper or something and then he comes back yeah. and he kind of manufactured his own comeback yep. doing that which is interesting And uh, but he's got several movies out this year which I need to see them the the other ones but the he made oh. one called You Were Never Really Here fucking phenomenal that is the newest in my list of perfect films that I movie s- I, I think I saw a preview for that I haven't seen it yet it, I Highly recommend it. I also so want to see that Gus good. Van Sant movie he did, which was that's, like the that's like, on my he, watch he, will, he won't get far on foot. Far he was about foot. that uh, Portland. Or yeah. I don't remember. Maybe he was from Portland. He was a comics illustrator. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Uh, what I don't really know what it's about, and I don't like Gus Van Sant. Well, yeah, but I, mean, I love. There's a lot of reasons not to like Gus yeah, Van Sant. But I, my main reason is an elephant. Yeah, because I really like Alan Clark's elephant, and I really like Alan Clark. I don't know if you like yeah. him or not, but but um. He's got that, and Sister Brothers is I, I see I'm I'm now of the school of where I like to go into films with as little information as possible. So a lot of these like these Sisters Brothers I don't really know what it's about, but I see Joaquin and I'm like, I love Joaquin. That Joker thing, who knows? <sighs> I'm not yeah, a I don't book guy, um, but I did love him I, even as a child actor. I really liked him because what is this movie? He was in a movie with Steve Martin. Called, maybe it was just called. I think it was just called Parenthood. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. this whole sub story in it. How Steve Martin's sister has the son. It's what played by Joaquin Phoenix, and he keeps escaping the house. Yeah. And she's like, "What's going on with my son?" And she finds he has a bag full of videotapes in his closet that he's been taking everywhere. And it's all like Back to the Future. But then one of them falls out, and she plops it into porno. And then they find out through Keanu Reeves, who's like a friend of the family, that like he's been like competitively jacking off with his friends. <laughs> like, it was a really fun, it was a really funny movie yeah, I, though. That was like there are all these twists and turns like that in this movie. Yeah, I I I love Joaquin Phoenix. Like I have a giant man crush on him. Um, so I real quick back to the Joker thing. I wish it could just be that forty second teaser clip of him as the Joker. That'd be perfect. Right. Don't make the movie. Just make that. But I I trust <laughs> him. He's been on a good role. I mean, Inherent Vice, another oh, yeah. great film. I love Inherent. I love Pinchon novels because yeah. I'm a big dork. Yeah, like, and uh, P. T. Anderson. He's in my top ten favorite filmmakers of all time. He's not made a single bad movie yet. Oh yeah, Phantom Drive was good. Just saw that. That yep. was interesting. I like. I just like the overall concept of the poisoning and yep. all, that whole thing. And I didn't really see it coming. And yep. it just really fascinated me. And kind of like could don't want to go into it too much, but I just felt like I related to. It. I don't even know how I felt like I yeah. related to. It. I just felt that like. This idea of like being de- making yourself dependent on people so you don't act like a dick. Yeah, like, I don't know. But um, yeah, I I love walking. So I highly recommend you were never really here. It fucking phenomenal cinematography, amazing score. I mean, it's just 
Ah, great film. That that's the that and Mandy are the two best films of 2018 that I've seen. They they are fucking phenomenal. Uh, we'll have to check that out. You were yeah. you were never was it? You were never really. You were never really here. That's an amazing title. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Very movie. very it's, good. Okay. Well, we've I think that's that's going to do it because we've, yeah. we've talked about Carpenter. We've veered off topic as we tend to do, but that's okay. It's, yeah. it's just us. Well, we love we are. the banter. We yeah. love the mantra. Yeah. Ben Stone was kind enough to come on our show and talk with us thank you thank for you. having me yeah thanks thank, thank for you coming. Yeah, much, thank you so much for coming on again his you can get to his vimeo is bleak bleak studios bleak Productions. Bleak, sorry <laughs> fucked up. i'm bad come on bleak productions and your skate i'm sorry <laughs> what was in your skateboard company what was uh the baron company the baron company we also have a vimeo it's vimeo.com the baron company you can follow us on instagram at the baron company our facebook page is the baron company um yeah, all that stuff. Uh, if you like skateboarding, you should check it out. Um, if you like experimental film, um, about five people, you can check that out. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Hopefully, yeah, like half of one of them is listening to yeah, this. Yeah. yeah, but, like, no, I'm, like, really honored to, like, be on this show, and thanks oh, yeah. for having me. And it's cool because like, I've known you guys for so yeah. long. It's kind of cool to, like... Almost be like a reunion. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a I reconnection. Seen you guys yeah. in we got so to reconnect long. because of the podcast, yeah. which is like a weird offhand idea that we had. Yeah, because we all love movies. And yeah, movies are the best. They're mm-hmm. the best way to escape. I'm a huge escapist, but like you've said, there's also ways you can engage with them. Yeah. You you accidentally engage by yeah. escaping. Hmm. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. T- stick that somewhere. Okay. So yeah, and like the cinema underground, you can follow us on SoundCloud. You can check out our Facebook page. You can check us out. We're on flipping Twitter at TCUG Podcast at Twitter. And then we'll um, also start um, uploading to YouTube soon. We're going to do that. Yeah, we're going to do that. It's going to get weird. Sorry. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think we should do some weird shit on YouTube. We're going to make... With the visuals. We're going to make YouTube weird again. It's still pretty weird. Hashtag make YouTube weird again. Yeah. yeah, get weird That's on YouTube. Thing, right? Go into a YouTube uh, K hole like I like to do, and yeah. just get mm. get dirty in there. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. And again, Ben Stone. It was awesome reconnecting with Ben Stone and hearing about what he's into and talking about John Carpenter, one of his three top three favorite filmmakers. So God bless John Carpenter. Absolutely. Thank God John Carpenter is making music because yep. I was worried that he had fallen off face of the earth several years ago, and I found out he's making music, and it's amazing. So Lost Themes, Lost Themes two. Okay, thank you very much. Happy freaking Halloween! Happy Halloween! Woo! My favorite holiday! Woo! I love it! Woo!